This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, uh, Heather and Matt, before we get started, I actually have some pretty exciting personal news. uh, Some career news. to be more precise, and it it involves both of you, so I I thought oh, you should oh, you know, wow. kind of get the heads up. Wow, Nick. Yeah, I just signed a deal uh, to publish a book that I'm authoring uh, entitled The Art of Get Played. Uh, check the, the chat okay. here, because I put a link to a PDF. This is a proof. Um, so it's watermarked, so you know, don't share this okay. with anyone. But it just, yeah, you can kind of t- get a look at at, at what this is going to look like. See, so I worked really hard on all the the layout, and uh, you know, was picking what images would go in there. So we see this first one uh, is, uh, you know, kind of giving. There's a little bit of a focus on each uh-huh. of us, and so this first one is just kind of giving some backstory on Matt and his taste as a gamer. And we see this uh, uh, this picture of uh, of Matt getting into his car. Uh, uh, yeah. From a from a distance, I, yeah. I've um, I've never even I've never seen, I've never seen this photo, and I've never even seen myself from it, like this angle before. It looks like it's being taken from like behind a tree. Is this this yeah, photo? There's some tree in it. Yeah, this was when Matt. This was when you were picking up your Kingdom Hearts three pre order. Yeah, yeah, and so it's like kind of like oh, here's like a little. Uh, this is this is what it's like when someone receives a the, you know a, a picks up a game. Um, that they, this was you at GameStop, and uh, I, I, I thought that it's like a really cool image uh, that was able to capture. Here, here, we we got some more here. Um, this is a uh, this is kind of a, a, a you know you can tell it's kind of late at night, uh, and this is uh, Heather uh, entering her apartment again. Okay, so yeah, these are um, pretty alarming photos, Nick. I don't. Did you take these photos? Did you you took these? Yeah, you know, there's a bunch of credits for who took whatever photos that are in the back, the back of the index. Of credits. So you have yeah, multiple I mean, people taking photos a lot of, of us. A lot of them are me. Um, so a you know, lot the of ones them that are you. Okay, so they're I'm, they're I, mostly credited I to me, but you know, the there's the a few other stock images like, that no, have been licensed. I, there's only one photo credit. He's he has given himself a photo credit for each photo in the book. So there is a list of photo credits, but every one of these is copyright Nick Weiger. So this is deeply upsetting. Oh, okay, four hundred and seventy-nine pages in this book. What is the rest of this? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of photos here. Look, it's not just photos, okay? If the photos are upsetting you, there's some really great art. No, as well. I was gonna like, say uh, the the, like, uh, the the drawings are in a way more upsetting than the um than the pictures because of this is a crude sketch. 
Nick. Nick, this is a crude sketch of me giving a blowjob to Foghorn Leghorn. The <laughs> fuck does that have to do with the show? Did yeah, you draw yeah. this? I mean, I, I don't know. I have to editorialize by calling it crude. I think there's a lot of artistry okay, involved it's, here. It's but photorealistic. But, the content is crude. First off, yeah. kudos to your ability to do this art. But absolutely, I do not endorse this nor want this published. Yeah. Why and this, does he this have a drawing... human penis? That's a that's a tough part to be looking at, but um, th another deeply upsetting image in here is me standing next to pregnant Waluigi, implying that I fathered the son or or the child of the pregnant Waluigi. And you look happy about I'm it. I'm ecstatic. I'm right? concerned. I wish it would reflect how I feel right now, which is deeply uh, disturbed. Because the previous photo is a series of photos of uh, the deed. Well, look, I guess we'll just, I, I maybe won't even show you my favorite photo in the whole thing. Uh, it just, maybe I won't. I'm I don't want to, if it's, but I, have I don't want to see it. I'll, it's just, it's, it's the three of us. I don't know if you remember when we all got coffee, when we were thinking of the uh, original idea for the show, like, you know, you know, five something years ago at this point, And we're all just kind of hanging out and having a great time and talking about our shared love of video yeah. games and, just kind of thought we'd capture the moment that was the start of it all, and I thought it'd be a nice, like, little thing. We're all sucking off Foghorn Leghorn? Yeah, we're all sucking off Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> <laughs> we reset our skill trees and add a subtitle as we discuss what makes a good video game sequel this week on Get Played. Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to Get Played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, Nick Weiger, and I'm here with our third host, Matt Abadaka. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Premiere Video Game Podcast, where if you're just joining us for the first time, here's the little onboarding we do. We used to be a podcast about shitty games. And then we became a podcast about shitty and weird games. Then we became a podcast where we talked about video games. And now we're a podcast where we don't talk about anything at all. That's Get Played. <laughs> Get ready for 90 minutes of white noise. Help, yeah. Help you go Nick, to sleep. Don't refer to yourself like that. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, two thirds white noise in the, in the chat. Uh, let's say, uh, to, you know, bring some melon into the stream. Uh, we have a, a a very exciting guest that we're going to get to in one second. I do want to remind everyone that this month we are doing a We Play You Play. That is a full episode dedicated to an, a single game, and that is coming out on Monday, February 26th. We are finally going to dig into Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, so okay, the biggest game, uh, I, the most talked about game of 2023, we finally, at the first part of 2024, are going to really dig into this bad boy uh, and share all our thoughts at length. That's, so and, look and forward to that. We're, it seems like, you know, we're behind the curve on this, but the truth is we wanted to give our listeners and ourselves time to really, I mean, you don't, you don't uh, assign a, uh, a war and peace read through and then uh, the discussion of it the next day or a Brandon Sanderson read through and then 
discuss it the next day. Guys, you with me? You with me on the Sanderson reference? No, I'm gathering that these are books. I more understood the the War and Peace thing, but I guess that's just me. He's he's a he's a writer, more Tolstoy guy. uh, You don't you don't assign a an Atlas Shrugged read through and then. Talk about it an hour later. Okay, I think just just so just like in case anybody's listening, that maybe doesn't know what doesn't know books. Maybe like something else. Maybe like a different okay. example. You don't assign a Killers Matt, of the Flower Atlas Shrugged Moon. is the one book you should read. Uh, oh no, Definitely I read, read Atlas Shrugged. I'm just like okay, well, other yeah, yeah. books. Good. I'm like kind of confused. Good. Just kind of like a, a, this holistic life philosophy you'll kind of get from there. I mean, it's how I it's, set you straight. I read it every morning, actually. I read yeah. a page from it every single morning. <laughs> and right before page. I go to sleep. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I've read it before. It's, it's like a thousand days of Atlas Shrugged, one page at a time. You're like, I'm just constantly oh, chewing man, in on the, you know, on the, the machinations and the thoughts. You know, I'm just always thinking about it. <laughs> It's another page of describing <laughs> steel in a railroad. <laughs> uh, no, it's my that's my favorite stuff in it too. Uh, we should introduce our guest, a writer and host and author of the new book, The Art of Psychonauts 2. Ashley Escada is back. Hi, Ashley. Thanks so much for being here. It's me. I'm re- I've returned. Yay. Uh, it's been too long. I love that. It has been a long time. It has been too long. I love that um when comparing lengths of things to Baldur's Gate. This video game podcast, no one used no, a video yeah, game comparison. Like, right. You know, we don't do like a game. That was the do old version of the podcast where we talked about right. video games. Now oh, we just man. talk about nothing. I haven't yeah. been here since the pivot to talking about nothing. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you want to just do a gentle hiss. Uh, that's yeah. cool what we do here. Perfect. Great. Love that uh, for me. <laughs> Ashley, congrats so much on the book. It's 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 a it's rad that this thing exists. It's rad that you made it. I, I'm I'm curious. I mean, can you talk at all about how this came together? Yes. I uh I bullied John Gibson at I am Apit into letting me write it. That's wow. how it came together. Bullying works. Literally, I'm not this is not an exaggeration. I I basically threatened him with our friendship. Um so he tweeted. In like April of 2022, he's like, hey, journalists, like I have a project, secret project that I'm like looking for someone to write. And I DM'd him and I was like, what's the project? And he goes, it's the art of Psychonauts 2. And I wrote back to him and I said, if you don't let me write this book, I will never speak to you again. Like I will literally, I will never even be in the same room as you. We cannot be friends anymore. I will hate you until the end of time. Like I... You cannot possibly let someone else write this book. Um, I am a preeminent psychonaut scholar. Yes. Uh, yes. And I I believe I got a Fulbright scholarship for psychonauts <laughs> at some point. Uh, yeah. So I was like, you must let me write this book. And um, there is no other option. I'm telling you that right now. No one in this world could do this book justice better than me. And um, he said, OK, thank you. Like, thank you for your input. Like, I appreciate that. Like, yeah. and and. <laughs> And he's like, let me just double check with um, with double fine. And so um, fortunately, uh, they were excited about the prospect of me writing the book. And so a few hours later, he was like, OK, like you're going to write the book. And I cried for like two hours straight wow. because I just was in a I was in a bad place mentally, like at that time. Yeah. And um, and I I was. uh And so I just needed that W like so bad. And it was such a big win for me that I I was so excited to be able to make this book. And um, 
It was really like a weirdly healing process. Like, it's so funny. This game is about mental health and right. like generational trauma and like all these other things. But it was like a genuinely healing process for me as a creative to make it. And so being able to do it was like just one of the just one of the honestly, like as a Double Fine fan, as a Tim Schafer fan, as a Psychonauts fan, as a video game fan, it's just one of the great like honors of my career to be able to do it. So I'm very glad that I uh, am such an aggressive dick <laughs> and um, made John, uh, made, literally strong armed him into letting me write this book. Uh, well, it's it's so cool, and clearly, like you're not the only person who's engaged and excited about this franchise. Because as you were telling us, uh, this this podcast that you're on to promote this book, this book is sold out already. Yes. So. <laughs> I know I felt like such a jerk. I was like, yeah, the bat, like, let's go. Let's do the podcast. <laughs> the book's out. And then literally the day we're recording this, like yesterday, it sold out. So um, sorry to everybody listening, <laughs> looking to get a copy if you haven't bought one yet. But I promise there will hopefully be a restock at some point. That sounds so it sounds like a, uh, a situation for checking on stock X. And seeing if you can get the book at a three or four hundred percent markup on the black yeah. market. <laughs> I have some extra copies that I may put up on eBay just for yeah, some extra just, cash. Yeah, <laughs> just to make the rest of the year look a little nice. Why not? Uh, yeah, yeah. I need some birthday money, so it's, uh, it's, it seems like a good idea. Uh, I want to I want to step back for a second um, because you know Psychonauts Two has uh, obviously been out for a couple of years at this point. It was it was a super well received critically, uh, commercially, and you know by Psychonauts One fans, which includes me, which includes you. And I, I'm curious, like, I, I mean, and, and and maybe this is a weird this is a, a weird question. I'm thinking more of mindset, but like going back to the game's release to when you're finally playing Psychonauts Two, like like was there a moment where you kind of had that feeling of like this is tangible, like this game that's that's been we've we've been waiting for for 16 years. Like I'm actually experiencing this, you know? Yeah. Well, it was wild because I backed the game. Like at oh so right, when, of course, when yeah. Tim came out and announced that it was going to be a crowdfund. That was at the Game Awards, and I think December of 2015. Yeah. And so, um, so I had backed it like day one, like that night I backed it, and um, and so I. It really they had gone through so much to make the game. It was like, you know, if you've seen the um, the Psychodicy documentary, the docuseries about the making of Psychonauts 2, it's like this 22 hour op magnum opus docuseries. Um, shout out to the folks at Two Player Productions, like their in-house documentary team, which are amazing. They sifted through six years of interview or like interviews, meetings, uh, like just so much footage to make this massive documentary about the making of a game. And it's like, you really kind of get a feeling for what they went through. And so to know that now, because yeah. that I think has been out for about a year, um, but to play it, to have it in your hands, like that August, that the um, 20, I think it was 2021. It was really wild um, to sit down with it and say like, oh my God, it's, it has been 16 years since Psychonauts. And like, it was just such a wild thing to hold this, like fully, you know, this fully realized sequel in your hands that not only was not, um, you know, I think a lot of people were scared that it wasn't going to be able to be as big as Psychonauts right. or it wasn't going to be as, you know, oh, this isn't going to be like a triple A platformer because Double Fine is a mostly like they're publishing now and it'll be a smaller game because it was crowdfunded and they had gone through some like funding issues and and everything. And then Microsoft, that Microsoft uh, acquire happened in, I think, 2019. And so it's like, and then the pandemic happened. So everybody was working remote and it was just like, man, what's going on with Psychonauts 2? So it's such a long time. 
uh, to get the game. And so to, yeah, have it in your hands, not only after 16 years between the first game and the second game, but also six years of development right. time um, is was was pretty wild. Like and, and to have it be so good, like it was, you know, because you, you get scared when things are in development for so long. Right. Yes. Well, and also as a backer and as a fan, because, you know, there's certainly Heather's experience with uh, Mighty Number no. 9, oh, which was very, very much right. the opposite. Yeah. Oh, no. And so many crowdfunded games yeah. like have not. And even, you know, like even Broken Age, which is another double fine crowdfunded game, like did not happen the way that people had thought. And I know that there was criticism about like, oh, well, you've split the game into two parts. And like, you know, the scope of the game changed based on how much they had crowdfunded. And and so it was really um it really was like a, it was a it was a gamble, like for yeah. a lot of people who backed it. And so, um, you know, I was I was really happy to be part of the, you know, the backers. I'm in the game, like in the Hall of Brains for Psychonauts 2. So you can find me. My cause of death is doom scrolling, <laughs> um, which still still applies yeah. today. Um, so it's uh, still applies today. My cause of death will forever be doom scrolling in Psychonauts 2. But um, I'm a brain in a jar. But yeah, it's uh, it was really wild to be able to kind of pick it up and be like, I I can't believe I'm back in this universe again. Right. And and kind of, a you know, a, a, along those lines and also tying into the art of the game, um, which is what your book focused on, like the art direction, I'm sure must be such a challenge going from the PS2 Xbox generation and then jumping forward a decade and a half and three console generations and still retaining kind of like what everyone likes about its aesthetic right like like raz's right. head is like so like such a unique <laughs> shape you know yeah. and it's like he's so identifiable in silhouette and but it, it's 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 not just like how it, you know how much detail do we add to the models it's also like the textures like you don't want the the mm -hmm. skin or hair or clothing fibers to to to, to rub against what we it, and and i, I think the, the game just like really excels at pulling that off visually in a way that like Ratchet and Clank yeah. Future, another game that also does the same sort of thing. It like it looks like a better. I think maybe it's just a cleaner way to say all that that rambling I just did is like it looks like how you remember the original game. Yeah, it's so this is a really interesting thing that I learned while writing the book, which is um, they actually have like a phrase for this. It's called it's called wonk. Mm. And so Scott Campbell, the original um, artist for the first game who designed, he's he's the character designer as well on this game, on Psychonauts 2. Um, they brought him back. Uh, Scott Campbell kind of came up with this, uh, based on his art, had kind of come up with this idea. And they had to, for Psychonauts 2, they hired so many new people who hadn't worked on the first game. And it's like, how do you kind of teach them how to do this kind of aesthetic? Um, how do you define it? And so they defined it. And it's Psychonauts wonk is there are no perfect circles. There are no parallel lines and there are no right angles. Wow. And so um, and so this is like terribly fascinating to me that they had to sort of like really pare this down to like specific rules. Um, and when you're a programmer used to making things symmetrical, when you're used to making them perfect, that's like a really hard habit to break. Right. And and so this is like a really, you know, Tim uh Schaefer joked about like having to break people of that like wild horses when they originally came <laughs> on to psychonauts like for the first one and so um so to have this kind of uh this sort of like guideline on how to how to create things and and interestingly like visually in the real world locations so you have like the mother lobe or the quarry or the questionable area um or the old colony in psychonauts 2 um it's the wonk is more subtle 
But then when you get into the mental worlds, uh, the team is like encouraged to push the Mm -hmm. art style even farther. So it looks more dreamlike. And um, and so that was also another thing that was really interesting to like be able to see uh, how they did that. And uh, if you look at like the furniture and the mother lobe, it's very mid-century modern. It's like, you know, it's this really cool sort of retro futurism uh, type of aesthetic. And then you get into like the mental worlds and like that that t- same type of furniture, like a bookcase would be so much more, um, you know, pronounced. It, the wonk right. would be more pronounced. So it's it's really interesting. Like the, the, the Psychonauts wonk is a real thing. And it's like you you sort of encapsulated this idea of it being like very unique to the game and also um, a thing that I would argue defines it yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, and so to be able to kind of dig into that and sort of see um, the evolution of it, like for everything, like every aspect of the game was like really fascinating. That's it's also awesome. it's also an aesthetic, I think, that harkens to a time before visual flattening, like all of the stuff that has happened mm-hmm. in design in the last 16 years has been to remove the personality and uh, presence in art direction and to make it this sort of uniform icon experience and it feels like playing psychonauts 2 feels like oh it it feels like an old way of looking at stuff and an older way like Coraline or Very like you know so. like all of that mm-hmm. that the, the the stuff that came out in that generation of of work that is now like oh we want our ui to be perfect and everything to look like matter is that mm-hmm. what it is that the Google stuff? It's like matter. I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. I, but it's yeah, you're 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 right. Like this sort of um, what's the word they use to describe like when in iOS where they used to have notes and it skeuomorphism, um, skeuomorphism, where it's like things look real, things look textured, things look. Mm-hmm. Um, this game is so bespoke. Yeah. Yes. Like I think right. that that to me is like the thing that makes it so visually interesting is everything. One of the lead programmers on the game um, told me one of the things that is so interesting about Psychonauts from a programming standpoint is everyone has a unique skeleton. So like in Mm. like a God of War, like everyone's the humans all have human skeletons. And then you just like you model over the top of them. Uh, You can never confuse a Ford crawler skeleton with like a a Raz skeleton. Like they're all different. Everybody has a different skeleton and every mental world is bespoke. Everything is bespoke. There's a mountain of concept art for this game. And because everything is just like nothing is really recycled because even the sensors, your your enemies, even in different levels, they look different. Like they're presented differently. They're in different costumes. Like it's just, you know, like in in. Compton's cook-off, some of the sensors are in like little sequined gold jackets. Like yeah. it's just like such a bizarre, but it's very bespoke. Like everything is looks handcrafted. It has that feeling of being like made, made or handcrafted in a way that like we don't, you're right, like Heather, we don't really see that a lot now. There's a pot, there's a level of like polish that is not, or I guess it's like um. <laughs> to me, it's like visually, it's like I imagine it's the difference between going to like Kim Kardashian's house where it's just like everything's white and flat and there's like it's very minimalist. And that's the trend mm-hmm. right now versus going to like RuPaul's house, which is like just full of color and texture and and maximalism. And it's just like it's that sort of bespoke maximalism that really gives the house its personality. 
and as opposed to a blank space that allows people to project their personality into it. And so this game is like very confident in what it is. I think I heard a theory about minimalism and millennials, which was that the reason the aesthetic took off was because it was a response to chaos and advertising that mm. we are so interesting. bombarded by uh, aggressive <clears throat> visual uh, information in our our community spaces. And so we wanted to strip out color and uh, information in our private spaces because we were so overwhelmed by it in, pu in public. Mm -hmm. uh, and that now the scale is tipping back towards these, um, like bookshelf wealth is like the new curated format on TikTok and is being brought up in the New York Times. And it's a What's response that? to uh, millennial minimalism. Uh, bookshelf wealth is like, uh, imagine living in a cluttered, a slightly cluttered attic, uh, but but yeah. where paintings are like leaning up against things and there's a okay. bunch of like bits in your space, like yarn mm. statues and books and plants and like this, the return of, yeah, yeah all of us to some degree are, are not. We've been living that yeah. life. We've been yeah. living that life. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I'm just a hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> stuff, just surrounded by stuff I can't afford uh, to have or yeah, throw yeah. away. There's bookshelf wealth, and then there's like, there's like bookshelf wealth, and then there's like hoarder poor, which yes. is what I yeah. am. So it's like, that's my, that's my yeah. aesthetic. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I think there's also something to in this era, like the the still the early 3D era of, you know, gaming um, when there were only so many polygons to work with uh, and render the game mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a playable state. It's like you had like character designs like I, I know Rayman comes from 2D, but like, you know, like Rayman in 3D or like Banjo-Kazooie or like Raz or like, you know, things that kind of were like, how do we add have some, some sense of style within our limitations? And then I right. think like as the, the, the technology improves, we got close more and more of like representations of just like visual reality. Like that became the goal of like trying to, to, to represent human beings and real environments. But I think now there's like a desire for something like Psychonauts 2. They're like, wait, this has an aesthetic. This has a style. This looks distinct. Mm -hmm. This looks unique. Um, and I think that's a big reason why people responded so positively to this game yeah. and are so excited for the book. Yeah. I mean, I think that aesthetic, um, it's really interesting. Like Tim, I guess, uh, had gone to an art show of Scott's and was just like, you know, was so enraptured by his art and found it to be so interesting that he was like, you know, have you ever like made a game before? I didn't know. Like, but it was just like, he really wanted that art style. Yeah. Like it was just so interesting. And he's like, well, how do we translate this to a game? And so, um, I mean, kudos to Scott Campbell for being able to like create these 
really iconic kind of characters and like these looks. And I mean, the book is like full of, it's like amazing. This book is so full of Scott's character orthos and like how many times characters changed and like the the visuals of like what that looks like. I mean, I know people, some people listening are not going to be able to see it, but it's like these characters just changed and changed wow. and changed. Yeah, you're holding and a bunch it, of just sketches of character designs through various iterations. Just so many iterations. I mean, like, I just the Maligula, the the main villain of the game, is like, I think he had something like forty different sketch like pages of it, where it's just five or six different versions of the character on each page. So it's just, I mean, it's just an insane amount of art, and that's one person like right. doing character designs, not counting like. The people doing like color work and the people doing 3D modeling, the people doing texturing, the people doing the environment art, the, you know, it's just really an incredible Double Fine's concept art team is really spectacular in a way that is um just really impressive. And and it was the <laughs> the gravity of how it was very important to me. This letter, this book is my love letter to them. I didn't want to cut anything. And if it was, it'd be a 600 page book. Um, but, but it's 400 pages, uh, but it's, um, I, I, they are so prolific and they make so many beautiful, weird little doodles and sketches. And I didn't want to lose any of that in favor of only showing the finished product, which like a lot of art books do. It's like very kind of sterile. You have like a white background with like a finished piece of art and then you talk about it a little bit and then it's like next page. Um, I wanted this book to feel like it came from the game. And so everything was bespoke. Everything was... You know, I handpicked every piece of art in this book, uh, which took a very. Oh, that's long so while. interesting. That's like that's I, so cool. What, like, I'm really interested in 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 that aspect of it. So, like, you're going through everything that they have, basically their archive of the art and stuff. And like, are they is Double Fine being like say like this, or like are you just like given free range to just say whatever you want about like any of it? I can't believe how much freedom I had making this book. Wow. Um. Literally, like, so the process was originally I got uh, like an 80 gigabyte file uh, and it was like, here's here's the art that we here's the art that we uh, I am a bit gave that to me. They're like, this is what we got from Double Fine. So, like, look through it. Let us know, like, what is good. the is game good. smaller than 80 gigs? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I can find that's this out right so, now. That's so many pages. Like, that's, and well, that's like a... It's a lot. An Empire State Building's worth of sheets of paper. It is a lot of art. And so I went through it, though, and, like, it was, like, pretty, like... It was organized well enough, but it wasn't like perfectly organized. There was definitely like one artist in particular. I'm actually just going to call him out. Bagel, you know who you are. Uh, (laughs) He literally just had a folder that just said bagel art. It was literally everything he had ever made at Double Fine for like 20 years. And some of them were like (laughs) untitled.psd, untitled1.psd. I had to go through every single one of these and figure out what they were, if they were even from Psychonauts too. Like it was, that was crazy. That's so funny. Um, he was 40 gigabytes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bagel's 40 gigs and 80 gigs. But I looked through everything and I was like, there's a lot of stuff missing here. Like, I don't see things that I know exist because I follow Scott Campbell on Instagram. Like, he, I know he has concept art of Raz from Psychonauts 2 and his outfit change because it's on his highlights. And so I reached out to Double Fine and I was like, hey, um, I'd see some stuff that's not here. And some of the levels only have like, you know, a handful of pieces of concept art. Um, 
is there anything else that I need to be aware of? And they're like, oh, let us give you access to our digital asset um, library. And so I got access to that. And that was like, I saw some more stuff in there and I'm like, this is great. But I still, because they had just started using this cert, like platform, mm -hmm. there wasn't everything. And I'm like, okay. And, and COVID and remote work and everybody's like moving files everywhere. Some people have stuff on hard drives. So that was like a process to kind of track down stuff. And then... I reached out to um, Spaff, who is their director of comms, and I'm like, hey, so like, okay, I've looked through all this stuff. I've spent like a month organizing these files in like a recognizable file structure. Uh, learn file structures, kids. You never know what it'll come in handy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, learn how to make a file, an organized file structure on your computers. Um, and so he was like, oh, you know, I think the easiest thing would be to just give you access to our forum. And he gave me access to this like private forum that the team had used for Psychonauts 2 specifically. And I logged in and had to walk away from my desk in like a catatonic state because there was so 80 gigabytes of art. Like there was so much more art on that forum it was every asset that had been used in the game effectively wow. from the wow. evolution of it in a single thread from start to finish and so That's wild i was like i am gonna spend the rest of my life organizing these files i had to like center click on them open them full size right click on them save them like individually label them and it was just it was a mountain. It was literally that scene where like Goofy opens up the closet and all of the stuff falls on him. It was that. Like I was just like, oh no, this is very daunting. Like this is probably five times the amount of stuff that I had before in the 80 gigabyte file. Okay. And so- um, Sound like 400 gigs, it sounds like. It's- it's a huge, I'm actually super curious. I wonder how big that folder is. I should probably figure it out. I should go find out how big that folder is now for after saving everything. But I had to literally spend, then I was like, okay, like now I got to like figure out what chapters I want in the book. Obviously each level has to have its own chapter. If I give 10 pages to each level, that's a hundred pages of the book. And originally this book was only supposed to be like 150 to 250 pages. And as soon as I logged into that forum, I'm like, hey guys, this book's going to be bigger than 250 pages. Like, I can't. Yeah. There's just no way. Like, it's just not. That's not possible. So it was a lot of. And they said, nobody told me anything, by the way. Nobody said, yeah. no, we don't want that piece of art in there. I don't want that. Like, it was I had carte blanche. This is literally a book that was made like with very little input from anybody else. Um, I got feedback on like some of the text where it was like, oh, hey, this is actually incorrect. Or, you know, put, sure. correct this corrections. But like no no editing like major edits from anybody where i was like no nah, this doesn't i don't like this piece of art like everybody was just like book's beautiful we love it it's great thank you like wow <laughs> that's no amazing sensors with big stamps walking around yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was wild like that process was crazy and i sat every day with um lost in cult designed this and there's one woman in particular her name's eliza i have to shout her out because she is literally an angel that walks among us uh, this woman logged in every day from the UK at like five at the end of her business day at Lost and Cult to sit with me on Zoom for four to five hours every day laying out art for this book. Like wow. she would show me the layout and we, I would be like, we, we have to move this. This doesn't belong here. Uh, this is the wrong section. Or like, can we change the background color here? Can we add this? And literally, like we did this for months, like months for a 400 page book. It was it was. 
it, this book is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I have ADHD. A sustained project like this is yeah. like impossible for me to even think about finishing. And the fact that I actually finished it is like maybe a miracle. It's wow. so it's so amazing. I'm just like stunned hearing all this. Like just like obviously you hear so much about like the the passion that it takes to like make like a video game at all in particular a video game like psychonauts like the passion that double fine has yeah. for making the things that they make but then that passion extends to uh, that passion is like met by the fans of their things and they have that same passion so like to hear you a fan of this work get to express that passion in a 400 page book to have other passionate fans buy like like get it and look at it also and then see like the thing that they already love it rocks like the, all top to bottom this is really amazing and i know that you probably already do feel really proud of it uh you should be so proud of it. this is fucking I, incredible it's so so I cool i am very proud yeah. of it and also if if there was any game that uh, like it's very appropriate that the game that this book was was psychonauts 2 because i i now feel like I am so obsessed with it that I belong in a mental institution. So I think that, that <laughs> there were times where I was like, yeah. I think I, this book's actually going to drive me crazy. I cried a lot about it, sure. um, but I, I did it, but damn it. I did it. And it's, and it's, it really is the, it's the book I would want to see in the world as a fan, right? Like yeah. this is the book I would have wanted as a backer getting an art book. This is the one I wanted. So I made the book that I thought I would want to see um as a fan so is and there, I, I think that that's why it's so that's why it's so special is is there anything else in your life that you are this passionate a fan of that you would be like you would be like i like you know wipe your brow <sighs> take a break and then dive in is there anything else that that comes close to your passion for psychonauts too that you'd be like ah okay i guess i could do the art book for that also Oh, Final Fantasy Seven! Wow. <laughs> wow, here we go. Fantasy, easy answer. Easy well, answer. You've got an Aerith. Uh, I do. Uh, this is an right? old school Aerith. Yeah, she's yeah. she's old school. She's she's the old school one. Um, yeah, I've had that. My husband got that for me when we first started dating, and that's why I was like, "Oh, I'm going to marry you." You bought me an Aerith statue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of what's in your backsplash, you got a. Looks like you got a Manny Calavera coffee mug. I from do a, uh, another Tim Schafer game, Grim Fandango, that I love. I made Tim tell me where he got this mug from, so I could have somebody make it for me. Um, wow! It's wow. a it's a handmade ceramic mug that is. Uh, it's very cool. I had to stop using it. It's it is no longer in use because I'm scared it's going to crack, like mm -hmm. while being washed or something so i just i've left it alone i'm realizing other people have made this observation but like from an even earlier era in 3d where again it was like with the limitations of the of what they could do as models just like oh we'll do a game based around skeletons like these skeletal figures and like the the, the art direction you know it it, it looks fantastic so simple at, so elegant it yeah, works it, really and it works um, well, congrats again on the book. Psychonauts 2, by the way, on, on PC is uh, 30.24 gigs on disc. So, yes, you received obviously some assets more. are comprised, but you get more. a little bit more yeah. than the game itself. We, we have to talk about some other video games, but I do want to ask you about something completely off topic, which is that oh, yeah. there was a news event that happened. <laughs> I was like, wait, I think I know what this is. Yeah. Um, at Disneyland's It's a Small World After All, there was a streaker and you were a firsthand witness. Uh, yes, I was uh, I was a victim of the Small World streaker. Um, yeah. That that was wild. Uh, I've been going to Disneyland pretty regularly my entire life since I was like two. Yeah. 
I like live very close to the parks. Uh, we've had annual passes forever. So my mom and my son and I were riding Small World. Oh, no. And we were like this. I'm going to use like world location. We were riding through like South America. And, okay, yes. <laughs> and both of us noticed like this guy walking outside of the ride, like in the like uh, not the canal part. He wasn't in the water. He was in the like in the ride part. And we were just like, I, I kind of looked at him and saw he walked past us going the opposite direction. And I looked at my mom and we both kind of like, she kind of shrugged at me. She's like, I don't know. And we thought maybe it was like a maintenance guy because he was wearing a like a black sweater or a shirt and then mm -hmm. like maroon pants. And we were okay. just like, I'm like, I like, did I see? I felt like I was going crazy because I'm like, I don't think I saw a name tag, but maybe I missed it. Like maybe I just was so like taken out of the illusion of small world that like, it it was not a thing. And so then as we were in the final room, uh, very close to the exit tunnel, we the bride stops. And I looked at my mom immediately and I'm like, that guy wasn't supposed to be off the boat. Like he got out like that wow. guy Chilling. got out. And so we couldn't we were just like, oh, man, like somebody got out. And I was like, I want. And then someone else behind us was like, well, how long do you think it'll be? And I'm like, well, here's the thing, like. They have to sweep the whole, they have to find him, number one, and then they have to sweep the whole ride to make sure he doesn't have, like, friends. And this is, like, a huge ride building. Like, he could be hiding anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. So then my sister-in-law was outside the ride. She happened to be at Disneyland that day, and she was meeting up with us at Small World at the exit, and she's like, oh, they just cleared the line out. And I was like, oh, wow. Like that. I said, oh, we, there's somebody off the boat. Like, somebody got out. I was like, so I assume that's why she's like, oh, OK. And then I got a picture from her and it is literally a naked man, just full naked in front of the clock tower, like underneath it. And she's like, I think I see the problem. <laughs> 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 and I immediately started scream laughing inside the room. Yeah. I was like, no, like I, my mom was like, what's going on? She's like, oh my God. And so I showed her. And of course my son is four years old. He's like, mama, I want to see it. I'm like, nope. Yeah. So I'm showing the people behind me in the ride. Like we were just like howling. I started screaming. It's a streaker at the top of my lungs. And like everyone in the boats around us, like turned around to look at me. I was going absolutely ballistic. Like this was oh, like yeah. brought me so much joy. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like the type of thing that like because obviously like they're like everything at disneyland's like pretty buttoned up and like yes um, they take care of things like that like well th they take care of like quickly. issues pretty quickly so like the fact that that happened and that there was already a photo of it i would be it would it would make my entire life to have seen part of it at all like in I, in uh you know I, same, in, same in real life yeah and so i immediately tweeted it out and I because yeah. I was just like, everyone needs to know about this right now. Like, I can't <laughs> I can't live without sharing this. And the whole time, like the music was playing, like the dolls were moving. The music was playing and it was the Christmas themed oh, one. Horrific. <laughs> it was my own personal Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> but, but the real fear came when about 15 minutes had passed. By the way. If you want to know when they shut the music off for a ride when it's broken down, it's 15 minutes because we found that out. It's about 15 minutes. They shut the music off. But another fun fact, they can't turn the dolls off in the ride. Oh, 
they are on, even when the park is closed at night, those dolls are moving. Wow. Wow. To prevent rust. Um, so, Ugh. so those dolls are all just like clicky clacking, uh, and singing absolutely nothing. The horrors of, uh, the horrors of, um, probably 500 small animatronic children clicking at you, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. was very unnerving and very yeah. funny, but so funny. Oh my God. So oh, funny. sure. And, um, just like I said, it just brought the whole thing was just like so crazy and i was just living for it the drop you never see drama at disneyland like no. that and it, i was just like i can't believe this is actually happening to me like to us yeah. we are we're not just bystander like it's it is happening and then we actually had a neighbor my literal next door neighbor happened to also be on it's a small world when it happened whoa and and happened to be at the park the same time like it was so weird and um and she, they were like, yeah, we saw him starting to take his clothes off. Like a few boats back is like when he, I guess, started like taking his clothes off. And then he was like walking around in his boxers in at the Taj Mahal. Yeah. And he like sat in the, he sullied the fake waters of the Taj Mahal. Um, he, he assaulted the children. He was grabbing yeah. their heads and like moving, Gosh. you know, moving the little clicky doll heads. And then he just like went full naked and swam out. Uh, from the entrance of the ride, he like got in the water and got out. And my sister-in-law described it as she's like, yeah, we we're all just standing here. And then all of a sudden, like a ton of security people just like descended upon the ride. And then the cast members just started telling people to get back, get back, get back. She's like, we didn't know what was going on, but they really did not want us to see what was happening. Yeah. And then he, she goes, and then all of a sudden, like Swamp Thing, he just like emerged from the water. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked so out of it. Like, yeah, clearly he was go either going through something or go or on something. Yeah. Um, I, I like to think he was on like acid and just mm -hmm. really needed to feel uh, it's a small world. But yeah, yeah. like the water must have been really cold. So um, <laughs> it was, in fact, a very small world. Um, but yeah, he he yeah. So he got out, and then they tackled him. They wrapped him up in a blanket, and, like yeah. carted him off, like they hog tied him and like carried him over to the to the gates. But yeah, that was wild. We were stuck yeah. in the ride for like forty minutes, and of Jesus. course, the entire time, the second the ride stops, my son turns to me and he's like, "Mama, I got a poop," and I was like, "Oh, buddy." No. As soon as I saw the picture of the naked guy, I was like, buddy, we're going to be here for a while. I will buy you the world's largest Disneyland lollipop if you could just hold it until we're out of here. That'd be so great. And he's like, OK. And he did hold it and he did get a giant yeah. lollipop. So kudos to my four year old for. No, it's good that he didn't see the naked guy because then he would just be like, well, I guess rules don't exist anymore. I'm shitting here. Yeah, well, he asked. He was like, he's very, like, he's very, uh, yeah. talk. He's very loquacious. So he's like, yeah. what ha Why are we stopped? And I was like, well, some bozo, some bonehead took all his clothes off in the ride. He broke the rules. And my kid just yeah. thought that was the funniest thing. He's laughing. He's like, what a bozo. <laughs> like, why would you do that? And I was just like, man, I don't know. You got a lot of the same questions I do, kid. I don't have any answers for you. Yeah. It's like the first time you see somebody run a red light when you're a child and you're like, wait, nothing, nothing happened. The, the concept is that's all that's keeping things in place. Yes. 
like somebody can take off their clothes in it's a small someone can just break (laughs) the rules my kid yells at me when i go over the speed limit because my my i have a tesla and it shows you what the speed limit is and then your speed is right next to it he's like mama you are speeding and i'm like my buddy i live in la when i can i will like just leave me alone (laughs) i got the need baby I remember crying uh, in our, our car, in our family car, when I was six, because my dad was drinking a Diet Pepsi uh, while he was driving, and I thought he was drinking and driving. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Fucking idiot. That's so sweet. I love that so much. Kid. Oh, my God. It's adorable. <laughs> Meanwhile, my dad um, had a uh, radar detector when I was growing up and explained to me the minimal amount of speeding that you the maximum amount of speeding that you could do that would minimize your likelihood of getting a uh a speeding ticket and also how you always wanted to find a lead car so that somebody else was getting caught in the traps so you kept a certain distance from somebody who was your lead car and i was like oh okay okay and my dad yeah my dad instructed me on rule breaking (laughs) Which has had no effect on me as an adult. None. Have you gotten any speeding tickets? None, huh? <laughs> I have There not... you go. Pro- the mission accomplished. There you go. Yeah. I've never gotten a speeding mission ticket. Mission accomplished. It has had an wow. effect on you. Holy shit. Uh, I've never gotten a speeding ticket either, but it's because I followed the rules. <laughs> yeah. um, <what's>, uh... <laughs> no drinking and driving for what's, you. Uh... He, yeah. He says sw- visually the sweating. The mouth behind the road, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's 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 talk about some video games we're playing right now. It's time for the question we always ask: What are you playing? What are you playing? Hey, it's me, oh boy. the Resident Evil Merchant. I'm asking you the question, Nick Wagger. What are you playing? Uh, I'm glad you kept it tight there. I was really kind of embarrassed on our behalf that you're going to show up in front of our guest. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure what you're going to do. So, um, thank you for just getting right to the point there. Um, I can I can answer Is that this a question. No, it's actually no, what was a prompt. It was a prompt. It was like you, I was just expressing you need me to gratitude. Fill time? You just... Is that what you're asking? No, no, no. no we're good. we're good on time. We're good. All right. Well, what if I talked about a game show idea I had? Is that is that what you're looking for? Uh, it's it's really not at all. I mean, I guess you could. At this point now, I'm just curious, like grimly mm. curious. It's so. called how much would it take? <laughs> I'm horrified okay. already. Just at the thought, right, sounding dystopian. That sounds bad. I thought bad. there was going to be more. I'm I thought there would be the more to man. that sentence. Yeah. Was, what you wrong. do is you present you present somebody with your. It's like okay, you got this stranger, and then you've got like a a a, a, a board of categories. Okay, so like like you, you one of the categories is spaghetti. One of the categories is uh, books. One of the category name a category. Uh, history. History, right? And so it's like. How much? How many? What? Pickles. Pickles. Great. Pickles is perfect. I'm just seeing what could be a category. I guess it could be anything. Anything could be a category. They're either subjects or foodstuffs. How much would it take? So, so like, it's like you got this guy and it's like, okay, how many pickles would it take for you to kill this man? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's this is a bad game. Yeah. Cuz I don't know one the answer the answer there is I think a limit. would be horrific. There is a, there limit. Is a limit. Yeah. We'd have to get there though and that's tough. That's a lot. There are there are that I mean for me I can say I just that part of the flaw of this game if I was a contestant I would just say the number of pickles on this earth are not enough pickles for me to take Yeah, but the you life named history. So for you it would be like how many places in history would you get to experience firsthand in exchange for this man's life? <laughs> oh, so they're all for mm, to kill they're a man. Individualized. A little more abstract, but how much I would it understand. take? Well, Nick was already at January sixth, so that sort of does <laughs> <laughs> limit the. <laughs> yeah, but the so, answer. so the answer for him is one. The answer for him is one event. <laughs> he just wants to relive that one over and over. Yeah, I want to be there again, baby. <laughs> anyway, uh, is that enough time? Did I fill for you? Uh, yeah, that was Nick good. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was great. You what did are you playing? I'll, I'll answer real quick, which is that last week we talked about Pal World, and we were talking oh, survival no, games Nick, generally. No. Are you still stuck in no. Pal World? Not Pikachu. No, no, I escaped from Pal World. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I have uninstalled. Uh, I have uninstalled Pal World. Um, I have freed up some space on my hard drive because I have booted up the Epic Game Store and I played some Lego Fortnite. Oh, which is. The, you were both kind of evangelizing this game, thinking it would be for me, even though like regular Fortnite, I'm not as, as much of a battle royale sort of gamer. But this sort of, you know, the survival games are, uh, are, are for me. And I will say that Legos of Fortnite is a very satisfying and polished execution of the survival game formula. Uh, the aesthetic is gorgeous. I mean, it just looks yeah. it just looks so great. You know, yep. I got this widescreen monitor. It's running at this super high frame rate because it's one of those things where it's just got an incredible art direction but it's not like an enormously technically taxing on my video card and they they do a thing where the where the player character and npcs your allies like all animate very smoothly uh but the enemies seem to be animating like in fours like they're very like you know it, it looks like the lego movie it's really stylized uh and i i don't know that that all all sits in really well um there's a thing they have for building structures which is blueprints which let you kind of go through, step through, uh, like you're doing a Lego kit, like you're following all the steps in terms of actually constructing oh. it step by step. And that's really satisfying. And that feels really like unique to this specific execution of the survival formula and also just, you know, ties in with the IP. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought it was it was super duper fun. Now, look, I got to be careful with these sorts of games because I'll just play them endlessly. Yeah. And I got things to do, like my second playthrough of Baldur's Gate 3. But I <laughs> but I am. I do absolutely see the the appeal of this in the same way I saw the appeal of, of Power World, and I'm just overall kind of impressed by the by the design and the presentation. So that's my answer. Lego Fortnite. Can I can I show a thing to to camera that Please. happened because uh sort of indirectly but also directly because of Lego Fortnite? Oh, right, Heather just stepped up. away. We didn't even answer. We, I'm uh, waiting for her to show up in one of your frames, and it's <laughs> I, just like <laughs> running at the top speed. Just all of a sudden, she just shows up in Nick's shot. Just tap. So Whoa! I built, I built this. Wow! I built the Lego museum. Look at that! And it's that huge, is gorgeous. It's inside, it's because you can take because Lego. I don't know how much you guys are into Legos, but uh, I built this. I used to be very into it. I built this with my mom when she was in town, and uh, it's. 
it's enormous. It's so big. And yeah. each room is detailed yeah, is and massive. each room has exhibits in it. And you can take the, to, I don't, I, I'm terrified to like it, put it down and it will fall apart. But you can take the, it unsnaps itself so that you can examine each floor, right? Oh. So like, wow. this is just the top floor, which you get, hold on, I gotta put it down without breaking anything. And then you can see all of the exhibits on the inside. Wow. So there's Whoa. like a dinosaur skeleton. There's like an art room, a gift shop, uh, et cetera. But um, it's like a straight up brontosaurus Lego skeleton. I, yeah. That's impressive. Hidden yeah, inside cool. of the museum. So <laughs> I would say that Lego Fortnite reignited my passion for actual tangible Legos. How how many do you know how, uh, roughly how many pieces that is and how long did it take you to assemble with your mom? I have no idea how many pieces it is. It was a pretty large kit. Um, I also have Titanic waiting for me, but I have nowhere to put Titanic because ti Lego Titanic is their biggest kit and it is. It's I don't yeah. have a shelf that would uh, that would allow right. me to put Titanic somewhere. Um, I would say this took about a week. But I also didn't, I wasn't doing it every day. Uh, this, I, I looked it up. This is the Lego Natural History Museum. It is a 4,000 piece set. Wow. So, there you go. The big boy. How, wow. how many pieces is Titanic out of curiosity? Uh, let me look it up. Uh, are you, uh, Ashley, were you ever into Legos? Are you into Legos? Nope. <laughs> okay, that answers that. <laughs> Thank you for being direct. ADHD. Nope. Can't do it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I uh, have a half the... finished Lego set. I literally have a Lego set a friend of mine bought for uh, the the glorious and um, uh, indomitable Michael J. Hobbs, mm -hmm. um, which Heather knows, uh, bought me a Lego set of really cool. Like, there, th th guys. This is embarrassing. It's literally like. <laughs> like Lego posters, they are mostly flat, mm -hmm. and there's four of them, and I cannot even open the box. Like wow, it's sure. just so bad. I'm so bad about Legos. I want to be into. Le I'm a person yeah. who sees it, and I'm like, man, that looks really cool, and I would be super into that. But then it's like I I open the box, and then I just get distracted by something, and I'm just like, six months later, I'm like, oh yeah, those Legos. I lost like five pieces, and I'll never finish it now. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, well, then the Lego Titanic is not for you because it is 9,000 pieces. <laughs> 9,000? That's twice as many as and the so museum. And so is it That's the whole oh boat? Or is it it's, like... It's the some, whole boat. The whole, it looks like the whole okay. boat. It is yeah. the whole and it boat. also snaps in half and you can sink it. <laughs> yeah, that's what really I was wondering great. if it was partially <laughs> it sunk. It does snap in half and drowned people in the bottom. all of the floors and the, like, the boiler room and stuff. <laughs> a um, foggy window in a little carriage perhaps as yeah. well? yeah. With a handprint on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what I've been playing. Uh, Matt, what are you playing? Um, I'll go fast, too, because um, I'm still playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I uh, Actually, I had only completed the original Final Fantasy VII very recently. Uh, and so in, in, in anticipation of uh, Rebirth coming out uh, later this month. And so I just I was going to play Remake decided to do but original i, do, I just want to yeah. and i know i said this before and, and, and as a as a fan of final fantasy 7 as heather is as ashley uh is like it, it, it's great that you w went to this game and played it now like you went back to final fantasy 7 yeah. a game that you were too young for at the time that you returned to this game with an open <laughs> mind and played through it 
2024, 2023, bless 2024. You. That's yeah. great. I, I, God I bless really you. loved it. Um, you know, I did play with the modern like exploits turned on it's made it enjoyable to me because i i i if i get annoyed by like random encounters i will just stop i just will stop playing yeah sure. um yeah. but i was enjoying i was enjoying that uh enjoyed that but i'm now i have a i have a i don't i have not really been paying attention to rebirth like uh the trailers or anything like that there was a just, just yesterday Good. there was a state of play that i guess spoiled it's very parts spoilery of it. very yeah. spoiler uh, don't watch and so I'm not so I'm not done with remake. I'm at the part where Cloud I know Cloud's getting close to putting on his beautiful dress. And I'm so excited to see that. Uh, so I'm excited for you to see that. I'm excited to see Cloud look uh gorgeous. But uh that's that's where I'm at in the game. I'm I am going to finish it before Rebirth comes out. I've pre-ordered it already. I'm very excited. Uh I've also installed the de the demo that was released just in case I do finish it uh, with enough lead time to to mess around with it a little bit. Um there was a part in the in the remake that I'll shout out where you have to go to like this like massage lady mm -hmm. and like i paid for like the expensive <laughs> massage naturally sure and like i was like is cloud gonna nut like he was like so like <laughs> damn it <laughs> he was so like she was all touching his hands and stuff and he was he was making some he was making some noises ah and so that's what I've been playing. I was kind of surprised. Everybody loves, a good, everyone loves also, a good massage. That's also the only part of that game I enjoy. I was just surprised. How many massages, Heather, would it take? Oh, no, I'm the Resident Evil merchant. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Resident Evil merchant. How many massages? To kill a man? Uh. Is there Every like time a, I get a massage, uh, I hope they kill me. <laughs> Is there like a, I mean, okay, that's a tough question because I want, I want everyone to know they're valued. Like, I don't want a guy to hear right before he helpful. gets shot in the head, zero massages. Like, I don't want, like, that would suck. <laughs> well, because massage isn't going to kill him. It's going to be the, the yeah, gun to the yeah. head. So I would, yeah. I, I would set it at 10, you know, so that he knew his own value. Sure. Solid 10. But like for it. and like then afterwards privately, you're like no that that was my reward yeah, yeah privately it would be you know one maybe two is all it would take. Hey Matt, uh, uh, Ashley is a fan of. Hey what? <laughs> I was just gonna ask her uh, a follow up real quick. As a fan of Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, uh, the original, like, d d how did you react to remake? I uh, I love it. Um, I'm a I really like uh I like that it's different. I like that they have done something a little bit different. Um. I have so many therapy appointments scheduled in March because of rebirth. Uh, wow. I was, um, wow. I, I like, honestly, like the emotional try was a very impressionable 16 year old when that game came out <clears throat> and I played it and I literally cried so hard for like days. Mm -hmm. Like I was, mm. I was despondent um after Aerith died and um and so i am not ready for that in high fidelity like i yeah i hope it's like it's weird because it's like if they don't do it then it's like then you've kind of er you kind of erase you kind of retcon what came before it is such a cultural zeitgeist at the time 
Like, I don't know that you can. They are in such a hard position. And it's just like, I yes. know that they're just telling the story that they want to tell this time around. And I, I'm super excited for it. And I'm glad that they're, they feel really confident about it. Um, because like Hamaguchi-san and Katase-san and, and Nomura-san, even like talking, them talking about the game, like amps me up. And, um, and it makes me excited to see like what they built. Um, but yeah, I just like, there's some emotional beats in that game. Like that is a definitive, like final fan. That's a definitive moment in gaming for me. Like yeah. just final fantasy seven. I played like 132 hours of an entire PlayStation one memory card dedicated to only final fantasy saves. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like I, I very much, I'm like, I'm not my, my, Heart is not prepared for Rebirth, but I really liked Remake, and I, I thought it was awesome that they blew it out into, like, a big, you know, standalone game in Midgar, and then now they're going to have this new thing. And then they're going to have a part three. It's like, what an embarrassment of riches. We're all so fortunate to be able to, like, have this yes. thing. Like, it's so cool that we get to have this thing. I, uh, I Go on, Heather. I have a theory that a party member is going to die, and it won't be Aerith. I do. I, I'm wondering if that's the case too. I'm wondering if they're gonna pull a t like if it's gonna be like Tifa, like or I mean, which people would riot. Like I know some people who take Tifa very yeah. seriously, like who would be very upset. But I'm like, okay, well now you get to experience the pain that I felt in 1997. <laughs> well, but then who's gonna do the pull up contest? <sighs> what if? What if because <laughs> right, they've Nick. made such a meal of the. Uh, I spent too much time doing the pull-up yeah, contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most logged hours in the entire game in the pull-up contest. <laughs> That's its own trophy. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to the 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 massage contest. Yeah. How many massages did you get? <laughs> That's Matt's Matt's trophy. Look, I, they... I haven't left the parlor. <laughs> what if they because they've made such a meal of the like bond the like party bonds? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. if you effectively choose? I, I'm is. very curious about that, too. I, that would be so fascinating. Yeah. I mean, the narrative structure of that, I don't know how you build off from that. Like, when you do the third game, like, how do you... Right. Because you'd have to effectively make a story that yeah. changes for if, depending on e each party character. But if it was even just a choice between, like, one to three characters, that would yep. be terribly fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like... I don't know, man. It's like, I love Aerith, but I also feel like she kind of has to die to serve the story. So, yeah. Because she's yeah, the last sure. one. She's the last of the age. It's like, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm going to cry so hard. It's going to be so hard for me. Like this game is real close to the, like, it's really deep in there. Like, it's just, it's, ah, man. Yeah. Like I said, I, Final Fantasy VII is like my favorite, probably one of my favorite games of all time. So. Uh, that moment when I played it back in the day on PlayStation One, I, I just heard that and, and another Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy three slash six on mm. Super Nintendo, both had moments where yes. my reaction was less like uh, emotional, as as may surprise some people, uh, but was more like just like, I can't believe they, a game could do that. Same. Like when they get to the world world of ruin in Final Fantasy six, I was like, just, like, yeah, what? I have not seen this anywhere, not just in any game, in any piece of media. It really defined for me. Like I played a lot of video games as a kid, but then like yeah. that Final Fantasy seven to me, like for me, was the game that was like showed me what games could be. Like and 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 what they could do with like storytelling, like and it just it really like changed me and like cemented my love for the entire industry of games, like just games in general as an art form. Like that was the game that was like 
this game changed me fundamentally and like made me really believe in the power of storytelling through games. Like that was like such a big deal for me. Um, uh, what if what if they just blow it with rebirth? It just sucks. <laughs> we're all like, oh, they, God. they rise of Skywalker oh, it, and we're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. somehow. Uh, um, somehow, Aerith has survived. <laughs> she survived. Uh, since we're since we're since I brought something on the camera for the last for for Nick's thing, I'll bring something on a camera for this. Yay! Right, they're stepping away again. She Here brings Aerith into frame and kills her. And just yeah, right in. Just, so heartbreaking. So sad. Well, as you guys know, um, as you guys know, uh, there was you know I was doing chemotherapy, and so there was a yeah. huge huge likelihood that i was going to lose all my hair uh and and i did a, a a freezing cap treatment to mitigate that and i was very 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 fucking lucky because it worked a hundred percent for me which was that's amazing uh, i mean they, they they didn't give me a hope of that happening and so i i've been really grateful uh for that but at the beginning of treatment they were like so you might want to uh consider some wig options or hats or whatever and i was like well i'm not gonna fucking just wear a wig like i'm there's no way i'm gonna go to work in a regular wig so i got uh, uh a cloud <laughs> oh my god wow. so i got a cloud wig uh which is like just a perfect <laughs> Uh, That's literally the greatest thing I've holy ever seen shit. in my life. A perfect, a perfect that is an cloud incredible wig. That's yeah. incredible. Uh, and the and I communicated with the um, stylist. I was like, "Look," because they were like, "You know, what event do you need it by?" And I was like, "Well, I'm not going to be cosplaying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to con a convention." And I explained everything, and they were like, "Oh, girl, we've got you. We've got you. We will have this ready for you by midway through your treatment." So uh, I now wow. have this perfect cloud wig, and I have to figure out where and when to wear it. Um, but I think all my answer is all. Yeah, all. just whenever you want. That's I think when that's the time. I think there was a world where you put that on, showed up to a recording, didn't say anything about it. And then Nick and I don't say anything about it because yeah. we're just like, cool, cool hair, Heather. We would take it in stride. Feels normal. Feels like editing. Um, Ashley, what are you playing these days? Oh, man. Um, well, Foam Stars just came out on PS Plus, and that's really fun. Uh, it's, it's really fun, actually. Um, as a person who used to do Splatoon casting and like played a lot of that game, like I know there was a lot of like, oh, it's Splatoon. It really isn't. It's so different, and it's so cool, and like it's so... I don't know. It's like it's just a really fun game. So if you have PS Plus, like it's worth a download. And then um, I've also been picking my way through Alan Wake 2 again, <clears throat> um, which like. So my husband, I am my husband's personal Twitch streamer. Like he doesn't actually <laughs> play video like he doesn't play video games. He just likes to watch me play them so he can see the story. And uh, and so I've been working my way through Alan Wake 2 again um, so that he could see it. Uh, but it's uh, it's so God. I really, I mean, what a game! What a game! Yeah, I, I'm obsessed with that game. It's so good. That's another. I'd Matt, come back for an. I'd do an art book for Alan Wake too. Oh man! Ooh. Wow. Matt's the one of us who's who's played through Alan Wake too. I know Matt loves it. Too. I think it's like such an achievement, and I, a, I think about playing it again, even though um, I, gotta I was it. scared um, every second that I was playing it. Let me tell uh, you that retirement home overlap. I can't. Yeah, like, it, I, that's I'm, a tough one. That one was tough. 
creepy. I don't like it. Good. It sucks because it's such a trope, right? Like it's like yeah. such an oh, obvious, like scary totally. trope, scary but it's retirement for a reason. home. It's a trope for a reason. It works. It works a hundred percent of the time. A scary old person Possessed is old the most frightening thing on earth. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really old people with superhuman, supernatural speed yeah. and strength is very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Very upsetting. <laughs> that's a goal. That's I a goal right there. That's a goal we should yeah. all have is to be super fast when we're old. <laughs> I don't like it. No. It would be it's like watching a baby run at top speed. It's upsetting. <laughs> right. It should not be. It's unnatural. It's, it's, I don't like it. I do walk around a lot in the house, though, and I scare Jimmy sometimes because, like, he'll walk around the corner and I'm like, wake. Like, I do that. Yeah, wake that thing sucks. That's the time. A- <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so mean. Yeah, I, I said this before on the show, but my fiance was watching me play the game a little bit and just like looking at my face and was like, you don't look like you're having any fun at all. And I was like, I'm not. Like, I'm miserable. But I am. I'm miserable, yeah. but it's so good. It's, like, it's, I'm it's so compelling storytelling. Uh, very, very good. Uh, I'm obsessed with I'm obsessed with Sam Lake now uh i think he's um he's he's i didn't know that like you could be like hideo kojima but like a different guy <laughs> like he's kind of like no it's like horror hideo yeah, kojima it's like, like yeah like david lynch the david lynch of hideo kojima's yes. is that what we're calling yeah him? he's yeah, the david the lynch one. of hideo kojima's for sure that's a hundred percent it you nailed it that's perfect i'm gonna quote that and i'm gonna literally send it to him on on, on next today i'm sure he'll he'll laugh he, he uh, i bet you he'd be like this is exactly it thank you <laughs> I, like a hundred percent i like i got to talk to him at like the press preview event and oh, wow. i was like it was so fun to talk to him about like the juxtaposition of light and dark yeah like it's just like because it's such a good like and it, there's so many things going on with like you know saga story versus allen's and like yeah. it's just really great and like i i just had so much fun talking to him about it and i had played the game so full disclosure i consult i i, I consulted on the game so i'm part of oh, the hell yeah um, i'm in the credits like which is really Amazing. cool it's my my very first game credit is on Alan Wake 2. That's rad. Um, but I, I got to play it before it came out. So I knew the, all of the game secrets when I went to that press event in September. It was like a few weeks before the game came. It was like a month before the game came out. And so I had to be the last person to like interview with him mm-hmm. so that all the rest of the press had left so I could talk to him about like the spoilers of the game. Yeah. And like what what had happened and like and also like we sing was a thing that like no one knew about and i was just like i just need i have so many questions yes. like i have so 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 many questions um but it was really fun to uh to talk to him about like that interview is going to be in um lock on the newest ver- issue of lock on which has some like really gorgeous final fantasy art it's lock on six wow and i think uh ben star the the lead clive in final fantasy 16 did like a write-up about what final fantasy means to him and it's a really good issue i, I don't know if it's still I think their crowdfunding is closed, but um, but I'm sure they'll sell it at some point. But it's uh, yeah, it's gonna come out soonish. So look for that. But it's uh, but yeah, it was really fun to talk to him about that, and then some of the environment direction and stuff. Like I love um, uh, Noir York, which is yeah. Alan's dark place. Uh, it's just so cool, and like man, the use of like like the use of live action, it's just so good. It I love Control too. So I like I this was like very exciting for me. Um, to have to see all the interconnective tissue of like control and Alan Wake and I'm it's just so exciting to me like I love that hell yeah 
Matt's become our resident remedy head. Yeah, I so. played through all. I played through Alan Wake, Control, and and then out straight into Alan Wake Two. You did the thing. I, you really, I, you really dove in. Yeah, I I, uh, I got I got remedy pilled big time, and I I do. It's easy. I'm gonna play. I I plan to play Quantum Break at some point, or I guess watch Quantum Break, mm. um, which I know that people don't necessarily love, but I'm. I'm interested to to get all of the to get all the information just to get yeah. just because I, I love I love info. Uh, yeah. But Heather, did you, did you say what you were playing? I have not, um, but I can I say what I'm playing. playing. Um, I'm, of course, playing Fortnite. Uh, the Ninja Turtles collaboration dropped today and I can't wait to give Ooh. it a, a, a swing. Uh, I bought my Donatello skin. Because uh, myself and my squad all called out who we thought we were, and everybody named a different turtle. And I was like, that, what, that's why we make a good squad. That never wow. happens. This is incredible. Yeah, wild. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, can't wait to, uh, to try out that new collab and see what the quests are. Uh, and then beyond that, I'm playing our uh, We Play, You Play, forging ahead despite our Discord's uh demands that i restart without having <laughs> accidentally slayed half of the map uh and um there have been some story things that have happened that uh i wonder if you guys have seen because you know i know that for example nick had to look up uh what how like he had to look up because I was like one of the NPCs attacked me on site. Like one of our party members attacked me on site because of the yes. stuff that I had Carlac. done. Uh, yeah. Carlac attacked <coughs> me on site and I had to kill her. Uh, oh, no. So it, I didn't have a chance. I, there's no, I didn't even know who Beloved the fuck she was. Fan favorite. Carl, that's my, <laughs> that's my girl. Yeah. yeah. That's my, yeah. that's my girl. Um, So I, I'm pretty sure I'm down a narrative path that maybe you guys haven't seen. Cause I'm also not playing like with dark urge like there's no like story compelling story issues that i'm i'm unlocking i'm just doing it as a criminal thief so i get rewarded when i steal from people and then additionally when i you know go go into places i shouldn't be but i had i had something happen at my uh at my camp and i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to discussing it because i'm like did you guys do this and maybe you did and maybe you didn't who knows um, but those are the two games I'm playing. I don't really have excess free time. I had to stop playing God of War Ragnarok so that I could focus on uh BG3. Um but um It really takes up all your time, you know? <clears throat> That's yeah, like yeah. it's just it a big it's such a big game. It it is. Yes. And I'm also one of the things that I've decided to do where I am in my playthrough is that I'm generally a hoarder. Like I'll keep everything in my inventory. I won't like I won't use weapons or ammo or spells when I play other games. And I'm like, given that I am robbing everywhere, I have so much to. shit yeah. that now I'm like free freely using scrolls in combat. And it is so nice to just be like, ah, fucking this seems overpowered for this moment. Sure enough, it is. And I'm constantly surprised by the AI of the adversaries who like if you create an area that's going to damage them they don't just walk into it and that's you know something we haven't talked about on the podcast before but it's so satisfying because you don't want characters to be so stupid that they walk into knives or walk onto ice like you want them to be like responding to their environment and they do which is great um 
too uh, bad we'll, that we'll talk about often that yeah. is a civilian. Um, I did get <laughs> I did get an inspiration point that was congratulations you've killed an innocent and I was like holy shit. Who? <laughs> um, who did that? Which which who did that inspire? My or did me. that inspire your your character? My, oh, okay. yeah, my character was inspired. <laughs> your psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Nice. Okay. I feel like my character is walking into every town and opening with there's been a misunderstanding (laughs) (laughs) because that is that is the avalanche that I'm riding towards endgame. Um, You're role playing Leslie Nielsen. (laughs) It's like the Leslie Nielsen play. I like it. That's the Leslie Nielsen playthrough. I like it. Yeah. But uh, it's been wonderful. uh, we'll we'll talk about it at length in a, in a few weeks. But right now, I, I, I thought we'd dig in a little bit since we're talking about Psychonauts 2, uh, since we were earlier. Uh, maybe just spend a little bit of time talking about what, like, great part twos. Like, when we've had, there's been a sequel, when there's been a number two in the title of a game, uh, either literally or, or figuratively, uh, this is the second entry, and it's absolutely clicked. Like, when those times were uh, in the times that we've been playing games, and I, I did want to touch on before we get into this, obviously it's not out yet, but Ashley, we talked last time you were on about the the Wolf Among Us, mm. uh, you know, I, I think both of our favorite Telltale games, and it's a, uh, the Wolf Among Us 2 has been, you know, long in development, long delayed, it has a 2024 release date, we'll see if we, if it makes that at all, but like, is uh, like, are you excited for a wolf, a, a potential Wolf Among Us 2? I am so excited, and I also am uh, so wild. Uh, it's so wild to me that Bill like just was like I like I'm just gonna make fables open source like it's just like public domain now here you go like that that I can't I I just lose my mind about that uh but <laughs> yeah I I I am very excited for Wolf Among Us too I mean anytime I can go back to that universe anytime I can go back to that world like I'm in like I I want to. I just want to like exist in it. I still argue that there should be a fables. Te- I mean, I don't think we'll ever see it now because it's public domain, but like there should have been a, a, a great procedural fables television show, which I like a, like a, you know, cool prestige procedural, um, a procedural. Um, but <laughs> yeah. that like, that would have been so amazing. And like, it would have been really awesome to like be in that world and, and have this really like dark fairy tale procedural with, you know, with Big B and like I just I thought it would have been awesome like I'm really I'm more in that but I'm very excited for Wolf Among Us too so many good uh, like the, t- part twos right like with in games like there's so many good ones it's a thing where and and you know I uh, it, it's a it's a weird I had someone made this had this observation years ago I remember reading it where it's like so often in in like film like the 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 sequel is usually inferior there are notable exceptions like a spider-man 2 an empire strikes back you mm-hmm. know a godfather part 2 whatever these are these are all well known first for examples anyone thinks of but like in general the number 2 is usually like a like like it's it's not as good and it's it's just a, it's like a cheaper version of the first one but oftentimes with games the second entry is an improvement because they've iterated on like oh we figured out what works about the first one mm-hmm. uh and we've iterated upon it uh and uh and expanded upon it and like you you end up with a thing like the first game that i think of uh, is a game i've talked about probably too much on this podcast but diablo 2 mm-hmm. where they had diablo 1 mm-hmm. feels like a prototype versus diablo 2 feels like here is the product here we've fin- we yep. figured out exactly how to expand this formula into a game that's not just like a, a a single dungeon crawler but is like a whole world 
uh, and is uh, and, and is just like so like amazingly, uh, you know, fully realized, but it's still the, the same core concept. That's so true. I mean, yeah, like you think about games like Silent Hill 2. I mean, right. that's another one where it's like we know what clicked and like now we're going to make this thing that's like just gangbusters good. Like, it's just so good because we 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 put in all the things that were amazing and then we polished right. all the things that weren't amazing. And now it's just pure amazing. It's God, like so good. So fucking good. It's so good. It really is. So it good. really is. It's just pinnacle. It's just so peak. Like, so good. So good. And yet not in my top 10 games of all time. But so good. Oh, yeah. None of us really. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be in mine because uh, it. Um, <laughs> horrified me uh, beyond belief um but that was such a <laughs> such a great game uh i'm thinking um of i'm thinking of a few as well metal gear solid 2 comes to mind in particular mm, because yeah. great yeah. great pull great pull it takes what's good about um metal gear solid 1 and like makes it good <laughs> like because like not that metal yeah. gear solid 1 is bad but like it like it, it it's harder it's harder to play like it was obviously uh of the time like it it had to be played that way because it was made that way but just the 3d camera in uh in metal gear solid 2 it just helps it out so much more you know well it was a little it was a little cruder it was a previous console generation Mm. and they were you know they're figuring out both how that how stealth worked in 3d and also just 3d gaming in general but like it's interesting you say that because that is a that is an opinion that was would have been semi heretical at the yes. time because that was not a well received sequel by the fan base. No. It was like in hit oh, like it would given the long view of history, we're able to say like, oh wait, this is like a, a masterpiece. But I, there were a lot of people who like kind of honestly like the the annoying reaction to the Last of Us Part Two, where right. it was like a lot of the, the fan base was split. A lot of people were like, this changed what I liked about the original, or this the story just put is so off putting that I can't even yeah, enjoy it. It's cool yeah. that people have always been like this. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's some things never change. Yeah. There's also like, there's magazine, there's fanzine, uh, you know, sh- uh, scans from around the release of empire strikes back where people are like, I can no longer call myself a star Wars fan. Uh, and so true. discontinuing the publishing yeah. of this fanzine because the series has moved in a direction that we cannot uh, accept or endorse. So yeah. it's always, yeah. you know, like it's always that. It's always. I wonder if those they people were like are that still with like, one movie. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what happens to those people is those people like act like they never had those opinions. Yes. Like over yeah. time, once the tides shift, they're kind of like, oh yeah, I always liked that one. I was one of the people who always liked it. Uh, this is this is this is only semi related, but um, I had a a, a roommate in college. His dad uh, saw Empire Strikes Back in theaters opening weekend, and he said uh, when uh, Darth Vader had the line, no, I am your father, uh, one guy in the theater went, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just so novel of an idea. It was like a genuine, yeah, huh, like, oh, that's oh, pretty wow. interesting, actually. <laughs> well, all right, then. That's cool. Man, um, wow. I guess dudes rock. Um, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I can think of a couple sequels that... Uh, that maybe don't have so like Mario Kart 64 is such a, oh, a sure. step up from uh, Mario Kart and the Super NES. It wasn't a part two, but it was the sequel to Mario Kart. And for mm-hmm. a generation of gamers, people were like, I mean, it was the it was such the party game that to go to that people will still sometimes have at a party, a retro corner where Mario Kart 64 is, is running. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 
this game yeah four players and you know the, the as opposed to two mm-hmm. and then actual three an actual 3d engine as opposed to the mode seven kind of cheat mm-hmm. of the uh of the original mm-hmm. yeah that's that's a good call um, yeah. and, and then, then in that mario vein like mario galaxy 2 also like yep peak platforming mm. wow like, so, so good it's unbelievably so good. good um and then i also was thinking about um oh please don't lose your place heather well this game so i didn't care for the first one at all so when street fighter 2 comes out it felt like a part one to a huge section oh, of gamers interesting uh mm. but was actually a sequel to a fighting game so like what are you smiling about nick no i just you, you know who else didn't like street fighter one yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting that they could just like pivot so hard and like fix yeah. it yeah like, yeah no that they fixed it you're absolutely right it was like it, the it, recovery it's, you know it's, it's so 100 i have high hopes for death stranding too because of a kojima tweet where he was talking about how successful sequels totally reinvent the genre of the thing and he cited Mm. like aliens and he said like a few other uh films where he's like this works because you take a game or an environment a story whatever and then you put it in a different genre and so i'm looking forward to the idea that maybe death stranding 2 isn't a delivery game but maybe it's a combat game maybe it's who knows what it's going to end up being or maybe he just tweeted that when he was like, oh, this game's going to be a failure. Oh, no. Well, I've made the Alan, same game again. Alan oh, no. Wake 2 does this. Like, Alan Wake 2 yeah. is way more, I mean, it's like a, it's a survival horror game. And the first one has elements of that in it, but I wouldn't say it's like the most like definitive thing about it. It's almost like a, you know, Twin Peaks action adventure game. Uh, but this Alan Wake 2, Alan Wake 1 is creepy. Alan Wake 2 is fucking scary as hell. It's like so scary. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's it's a horror game. Yes. I mean it's it's definitely a horror game. And they do redefine, like they've re they redefined that genre using the technology available, mm-hmm. especially with the light and the dark and like shifting realities rewriting reality like in the first game you could you just like that was a thing that happened but it wasn't a thing you were actively doing like it's like they use the technology to be make it possible and i think like to that point i mean to to do another like sequel tears of the kingdom like also Mm, kind of does this where it's like oh sure it literally redefined the game before it that redefined what it meant like it's just that game redefined everything and so it's like it redefined itself which is insane like how do you do that yeah it's also a thing that nintendo doesn't do all that often which is like basically a direct sequel like without like kind of like you know overhauling everything yeah and you already mentioned mario galaxy 2 and that was that's that's another one um uh, i i actually had on my list and this is maybe being a little stinker but it's true Yoshi's Island is Super Mario World 2. That's a great. You know I, I'll, I'll buy that. Nick, you're such a stinker. A I'm platformer. actually getting so mad. You're such what? a stinker. I can't <laughs> believe you do something like that, you stinker. <laughs> um, I, I think I have a few more on my list. I mean, Mass Effect 2, I think this is a, it's another obvious hmm. one. Uh, Portal 2, Portal I mean, 2. Portal oh. is already, Portal is 2 is, is, is great. Portal, to me, already a perfect game. Um, uh, and I actually prefer Portal 1, but Portal 2 is like such a great like follow-up. Uh, but the, but but coming from Valve, Half Life Two as opposed to Half Life One is like such an amazing. That's on my list. Uh, you know, yeah, such an amazing step up, and and especially the you know like 
physics was like a novelty, you know, and, and, and that era. And that one just used physics so well uh, for gameplay specifically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, those those that's one I remember just like absolutely like ex- completely exceeding my expectations, having really enjoyed the first game. Yeah, I have a question. About a sequel, which is, is Dark Souls a sequel to Demon's Souls? Hmm. Is Dark Souls technically Demon's Souls 2, or is it a new game? Because if you played Demon's Souls and then you played Dark Souls, you were not, there was nothing in it. Like it's Estus Flasks and all, like it's all the same Mm -hmm. stuff. So is it a sequel? I think you can argue it's the second game in the same series. Then it's I think that's it's on fair. the list because Dark Souls is so fucking sure. great. Like it's a it's a near perfect I'll game. It. I'll buy it. That sounds. I mean, that's good. I like my one of the ones on my list was um, Castlevania Two. Ooh. Like, oh sure. Okay. Like that. That's a really because like the first one is like very good. It's like a good solid little game, and then like you get into the second one, and it's like you've got like riddles, and you have to like collect stuff. It's like it just really blew out the world in a way that I think, like, even now, like I look at it, I'm just like, wow, like that was really ambitious for it for its time, and it's and it's kind of like a lot closer to what a modern Castlevania, like Metroidvania, Mm -hmm. is, where it's like Castlevania One is just you know a set of linear levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. This one, you, you, you can kind go of back, explore, you can explore like, yeah. everywhere. It's It really kind of like Simon's set the Quest. template for everything that came after it, which I think is really awesome. That's the first time I ever got a bad ending in a game. <gasps> Another thing I was like, wow, a, there's multiple endings. I got the bad one. I got to do this again to get the good one. I just remember like my mom, I was so little when she played through that game. Like the first time I saw somebody play through it was when I was like, probably like between three and five. Wow. And I remember yeah. seeing her kneeling with the garlic like for the boat guy and i just remember thinking my mom was like a genius like i couldn't i was like i don't like i was like she i was like whoa she's so good at video games like i couldn't it just blew my mind that she and she found like the invisible there's like an invisible mansion in that one and so she had like discovered that as well and i just thought my mom was like the most the the smartest person alive like because of that which was just you know it was it was really cool and like that so yeah that game always comes to mind for me when it's like sequels that kind of redefine their own genre it's like that right. one for me is like a big one for me pokemon gold uh like pokemon gold silver generation that was like the first time i was like oh sure ever, yeah right. like mm-hmm. had a game that was like a part two i think and i was like right there ready for it when it was like coming out because i had played uh the original so i was excited for for more of that i was like i'm done playing these other ones give me the give me the new one and then the fact that you can go back to the 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 kanto region at the end when you're done with the game and you can go see the places you saw in the first game is like i wish i wish every pokemon game did that where you could just go back to the previous place and be like hey this is what's going on here now uh i that that was a that's a huge one to me and obviously like kingdom hearts 2 i've talked about uh forever that's my favorite game um just takes everything that's good about uh kingdom hearts 1 and just makes it more confusing and weird uh but the gameplay is uh so much better yeah uh the uh uh, but going back to the NES era, uh, it, like Castlevania 2, uh, Mega Man 2 also of that era oh, wow. was one where it's just like, I, I love Mega Man 1, but Mega Man 2 is like is like much more cohesive, 
Um, and just every element is just better. Like the art is, is improved. The music is better. Uh, there's more bosses, more robot masters you're fighting. Um, and yeah, it just really feels like it. And there's a, there's a password system, which the first game doesn't have. The first game, I think it's all like, you know, you turn mm -hmm. it off, you got to start over in my memory. I could be wrong. Uh, but it's, it's, it's just like such a, it's just such a more fully formed uh, version of, of a formula that yeah. would obviously be iterated on Sonic a bunch. 2 as well. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. Sonic 2, really big, another really big one. I love Sonic 2 so that much. That one is in Heather's top yeah, 10, it right? Is. It definitely is. I love Sonic just 2 a, more than any other game. Sonic game. It's so fucking good. The music is so good. It's so still good. Still rips. It's still fucking It's just good. Yep. Across, just across the board on every level. Yep. It's so good. When you do a corkscrew run in Sonic 2 on a 16-bit system, it, you, your mind was like, how can this be? How can mm -hmm. it be that you can make this work? Because <laughs> you can't. Yeah. I couldn't draw that when I was a child. Like, I couldn't draw a corkscrew on a piece of paper and have it yeah. make visual sense. So, like, to see it moving and you get to control it was crazy um i the the introduction of tails as well yeah, tails, i think yeah. it's just like such a huge thing and he's such like a he's like people think of sonic and tails as a as like a, an entity but it's like tails has no presence in the first sonic the hedgehog game it's like and to put this in in terms uh, uh that i know matt can understand it's like how in austin powers one there's no mini me it's not till austin powers yeah. two or mini me's on the scene yeah. and anything the austin powers franchise you can't imagine it without it's kind of hard to go back and even watch the first austin powers because you're like where's mini me Mm -hmm. He's not in that one. Everyone here is, is just there's no mini. I want to know if there is a game. <laughs> that was worth nope. it. Uh, we all agree that was nope. worth it. I'm I gonna, helped, right? What I'd like, <laughs> no. What I'd like to know is: is there a game that, like Psychonauts, uh, that you wish had a sequel? That if you could like mm. imagine, no matter That's how much question. time has has passed. That you're like, man, if a and it cannot ha it cannot be a game that already has sequels that suck. Like you can't be like, well, I wish they'd make a good. And this is gonna be controversial because because some people really like Chrono Cross, but I would say Chrono Cross. Like you can't. I wish there was a good Chrono Cross. Chrono Cross does not live up to Chrono Trigger. I can okay. say at minute. Okay, it's like it's yeah. Well, not as the first game. Phew, dodge that bullet. Uh, but yeah, is there a game that you're like, man, I wish. This game had a part two. I have an answer right away. Oh, and we'll see. This will this will be one. We'll we'll see if anyone agrees with me <laughs> that this is even eligible. Please go. We we're talking Final Fantasy earlier. Oh. They've done this before with the franchise. They've done a part two to an individual entry, huh? and I would like to see them take a crack at Final Fantasy eight two. What would that look like? Wow. He's just That would be interesting, right? Just it's like the worst game. It's, it's one of the worst ones, so it feels like, yeah, oh. why not? <gasps> How dare you? I will I I I get in fights with people about Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will happily get in that fight wow. with you and lose because I do yeah. like that game. It's fine. Uh, it's no, fine. I, I completely I completely understand why it's polarizing. It's it's a it's a very flawed game that I have a lot of affection mm -hmm. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they could do like the equivalent of a of a, of a ten two, you know, for Final cool. Fantasy eight. It'd be really interesting to see what that's like. Or honestly, th give it the remake treatment, which is obvious, which is an enormous amount of labor. But 
like just what that would that would be a game where like hey let's do the let's do the remaster and kind of fix what's kind of wonky about mm. it i'd be they, into that I'd, I'd give that a shot they did say uh well, first off, there would there, there's not enough of a fan base of Final Fantasy VIII to justify the cost of doing a remake. But one of the developers or one of the producers on Final Fantasy VIII said that if they did a remake, they would completely redo the combat system. Uh, and that uh -huh. was like in an mm. interview recently. I thought that was interesting because, mm. you know, the the interview or the the uh, the battle system is is so much a part of why people are really hot cold on final fantasy VIII mm -hmm. because before you engage an enemy you have to suck all of their spells out of them which i think might be why nick likes it so much <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> i'm so glad i came to that. i I have I I'm lucky because I have like like basic taste, oh. so I feel like a lot of the games that I have played <laughs> and loved over the years like have sequels. Um, there's like not one that I can even think of off the top of my head that I'm like, gosh, I wish that was coming because it either is or it exists. Um, I'm like I right like even like a like a dormant franchise like a like a jack and daxter or sly cooper yeah. that you like had sequels back in the right. day so it's not like they're just one-offs uh i wouldn't mind a sequel and this is gonna sound nuts i was just talking about this game last week i wouldn't mind another entry in the pokemon legends um uh mm. like franchise because it's not in the same world as the um as the mainline games, uh, I wouldn't mind another game like that, like a Pokemon Legends Arceus. But if it was like a different thing, I because I, I I loved. That's probably like uh, of the recent entries of the Switch entries. It's my favorite uh, Pokemon game, certainly. Um, but I I I would like to see more of that because it felt it felt it just felt great. I loved it. It's pretty solid answer. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I would go with God Hand. I would love a sequel to God Hand. I'd love God Hand 2. That would be fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> again, for the, like, God Hands. Uh, for the 30 or 40 of us who've played that game and love it so much, <laughs> um, we'd be really excited about that sequel. Um, but that's the only one that comes to mind as, like, a singular experience that never got a sequel like even katamari has sequels you know like yeah. most right. games uh -huh. that have any market penetration end up getting at least a mobile spinoff mm -hmm. you know so it's hard to to find or to remember those contact is another one for the for the nintendo ds i would love a sequel to contact um oh, that probably yeah. would never happen um I've got I've got some ideas too. Uh Please. let's let's dip into the Tim Schafer. Well, obviously Brutal Legend wow. needs a sequel. Mm. I think we can all agree Brutal Legend definitely needs a two. Why not? Um, we just gotta have Eddie back. Uh and then also uh Grim Fandango. I want a sequel to Grim Fandango forever. Yeah. Um, I'll always want more Grim Fandango in my life. Uh, but the game that if I if I were uh, the president of video <laughs> games and I could just choose any game that could be remade for a modern era with like as a sequel, it's a sports <gasps> game. Uh, but it's a great sports game, which is uh, Jerry Glanville's Pigskin Football. 
Wow. And I will fight for this game until the end of time because are any of you familiar with this game? No. No, I know Jerry Glanville was like not even like the most famous coach. Like he was like, no. he was like the Atlanta, he was, no. Atlanta mm-hmm. Fal- uh, Falcons coach, right? He's like the wish.com version of a famous coach. <laughs> but like, so there was this game on Sega Genesis. I highly encourage everyone to go look at like gameplay of this on YouTube because so I used to play this game at LAN parties and it was so much fun. I've never had more fun playing a sports game in my life. Set in medieval times, everybody, uh, pigskin football is, it's football, but everybody is like medieval. So there's like people in armor and there's like people with like maces and shit. And like, you have to, like, you're basically, is this chaos? And whoever is down the most at halftime, uh, they go, <laughs> like, unleash the troll. And you get a fucking troll that joins your team that beats the shit out of everybody. <laughs> it's, and there's like trap doors in, on the play field. This game so rightfully deserves like to be brought back, resurrected, <laughs> whatever. Like I will do everything in my power to continue to spread the good word of Jerry Glanville's pigskin football. And I just want it to come back someday because it would make such a good online multiplayer game. It would be like it would be like adjacent but also uh like opposite programming of like a FIFA game. It's just like, hey, yeah. like if you want to play a sports game and have fun with your friends, but you hate sports, That's here's so the funny. game for you. And like, but like But it's such a weird game. What and I it love was about so this is fun. that it, it's like it in the arcades, I'm looking this up right now. Um and uh, I don't remember this game. I do remember Mutant League football, which was a, a much better known, I think, version of this mm, kind yeah, of formula. Yeah. Uh but this one I, I like that it's specifically medieval. But in in the arcade, it was known at, by a different title. It was called like uh, six hundred. Uh, I was called Pigskin six twenty one A D. So when yeah, they they yeah, ported yeah. it to Genesis, they were like, you know what's gonna sell this thing? Get this this Jerry thing moving off of, sh- yeah, of shelves. Jerry Glanville. <laughs> the, the title splash screen is literally him in sunglasses with his <laughs> like, arms what crossed. Does he have like to I do remember this like, so well. He's he's not a medieval man. He's not a troll. He's. He's he's probably the cheapest uh, person related to pro football they could couldn't like, license you. the yeah. likeness of. Yeah, couldn't That's tell you. So Don't know. Odd. His signature is on the game. Yeah. It's so bizarre. But yeah, like I played that game so much on Sega Genesis. It was so funny. And like, man, it's just such a great, like, it's such a great multiplayer game, like a party game. And so to me, I'm like, man, that's like a game I would love to see, like get a get like a sequel or a remake or remaster or whatever and just have somebody like really just pick it up and like run with it because we got dodgeball yeah like super dodgeball we actually got like a updated remake of it and that was really fun and like we and and we even got like a game like knockout city which is not a direct like sequel but it was still very similar so yeah i think that like i mean some people might say like super mario rpg deserves a sequel Mm. like that's another one i would say i would i'd play a sequel to super mario rpg i was uh I, I was I was kind of amazed they even remastered it. So yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. I guess it's I guess it's possible it could happen. Final Fantasy Tactics. Where's that sequel? That's the Final Fantasy I need a sequel for. I love Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, I I love that too. Heather, I think is a big uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance fan. Maybe maybe that qualifies in your eyes. Does that Heather. qualify? Well, Do you think it does? T- Tactics Advance had a sequel. Tactics Advance Two. Uh, which was for the DS and was based in Ivalis and uh, the world of Final Fantasy XII, Ivalis. Uh, mm-hmm. But Final Fantasy Tactics, I wouldn't call Tactics Advance a sequel to Tactics. Same genre, yeah. same same gameplay 
mechanics. Yeah, but, not, but also, but not, yeah, not, sequel, not the same right? world. Like, so I feel like tactics like deserves right. a like I want that. I just want a remake. Yeah. Honestly, I'll just take a remake. I'll take anything. Yeah. <laughs> Any Final Fantasy <laughs> tactics, please. I, I I would like to say a thing that just popped up on my uh on like, you know, you get news pop-ups and generally speaking, they're tailored to you. And this is seems to be a massive piece of gaming news that just happened. Whoa, breaking uh, news. Which is that as of... I think I know what you're going to say. Okay, great. So Walt Disney just announced that they are purchasing a 10% stake in Epic Games and they are creating a Walt Disney uh, permanent collaboration uh, entertainment universe in Fortnite. Wow. So, like, that's... I, there, there are tons of Disney collabs already in the game, like Marvel stuff and Star Wars stuff and, you know, right. a lot of Fox properties, are, which I'd always interpreted as like Disney's hand in Fortnite because you'll get like uh, Terminator or um, Aliens stuff that like pops up in, in Fortnite. Mm-hmm. But this is a, a multi-billion dollar deal that was just announced, I guess, moments ago. Where like, Disney is yeah. like a permanent partner with Fortnite, uh, and they're going to create like viewing experiences, shopping experiences, and gameplay experiences. All I think, I really think they're they're fucking they're right on the edge of making the metaverse in Fortnite. Like I think that there's going to be a permanent social tab in Fortnite where you will go as your chosen avatar and fucking watch TV or whatever. Mm. That seems like a very easy, like, get, like, leap of logic for me. Like, based seeing, seeing what they've built already and what they're capable mm-hmm. of, it really does feel like that's a place that, you know, that is going to be that for... Like, I think a lot about my kid. I'm just like, how will he experience things like games and everything? I'm like, a lot of it is going to be virtually. Like, he's going to have a little avatar. He's going to, like, walk around. It's going to be like, yeah, people always make comparisons to Snow Crash, but it's like, yeah, like, that's that's the thing. We already do that just in individual games, right? Like, we play Baldur's Gate. We have our calves. Sure. And it's like, that's your that's your avatar. So it's like, you would just walk around with that, you know. It's just, it's a more open thing where it's, like, cross-brand. Um, cross yeah. It's not necessarily cross-platform, um, but it's cross branding and like all that stuff. So yeah, that's like super. That's so it's interesting. Wild. There's the I'm uh, I I sent or I put a a link to the article, the press release for this thing that was attached to the uh, news item, and uh, one of them is like a world map that's like a hub world for like a Fortnite Walt Disney hub world, and it's wild seeing oh, an yeah. ESPN area of Fortnite. Because what, are you going to like go watch live sports in Fortnite? Yeah, there's an ESPN area. There's a Marvel area. There's a Lucasfilm area. There's a Disney Plus area. And this is this is crazy. If you like, if you take the image and full screen it and zoom in, uh, you can see a little naked guy running around. So... <laughs> it's wild. Uh, crazy. Uh, crazy news. Uh, well, hopefully that 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 works out well, you know. Uh, I, I will say that as a as I, one thing about the Lego Fortnite is that there are for most of the models, there is a Lego version of the character model um, and there isn't one for Peter Griffin. 
So I'm really hoping that gets fixed <laughs> and maybe maybe this investment might be wow. possible. Holy crap, Lois, I'm Lego. <laughs> uh, all right, we should take some questions. Uh, it's time for the question block. Ba-ding! All right, these are all from our listeners over in our Discord, discord.gg slash getplayed. Here we go. This first one is from... Dirk Lalonde and Dirk writes, what's the first game you pulled an all-nighter playing? Alternatively, what's the first game you either went to a midnight release for or downloaded the second it went online? Okay, I'm going to have to look up the name of the first one, but I can say, because I mentioned earlier, I did pull an all-nighter playing Final Fantasy VIII when I was towards the end game. And I remember finishing that game at like 4.30 a.m. And uh, I, my roommate here, like who was sleeping, hear, hearing the end credits music playing uh, and, and coming in to see what was going on. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, that's one I remember. There was an NES game that was the first time I played. I stayed up all night playing a game and that was at a sleepover. I'm going to look that up. If anyone else has an answer. Um, I don't know if it counts. It's a, it doesn't count as an maybe it doesn't count as an all nighter. But the day um, the day that Animal Crossing came to the switch. um that was just like a day that I lost like completely <laughs> like because it was right you know the pandemic was new right uh mm-hmm. and I didn't have anywhere to go or anything else to do but I just the second I woke up downloaded Animal Crossing and played it until it was basically the next day and on my um that year they did the um it might have been, I don't know if it was the first year they did this, but it was definitely the first year I interacted with this where they did the um, uh, your, your year in review for Nintendo. And that the day that it came out was like the most I gamed all year. And it was like, it was, it was insane. It was just, um, just bad, just bad, like just horrific to be confronted with what you've done. Uh, <laughs> the reality of what you've yeah. done. <laughs> uh, but I have no regrets because that was the day I met my very best friend, Dom the Sheep. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I love him. <laughs> Um, the game I was thinking of was, which I played at a sleepover with my uh, with my friend Dane, um, was uh, was was the Astyanax, the NES port, um, which is insane that we played that all night because that game sucks. <laughs> it's unplayable. <laughs> but it w- we were just making progress and got so addicted to just trying to blaze all the way through it. I mm-hmm. played Final Fantasy XI uh, when I lived in Amsterdam, and uh, there were so few. I imported my PS2. And the game wasn't yet released for European region. So I was only able to really party up on U.S. time. So I would get home from a show at 1030 or 11 p.m. at night and play on U.S. time until like six in the morning, sleep all day long and then go do shows at night. Uh, So (laughs) for like the first month of release of Final Fantasy XI, I was doing like night shifts to be able to play the game. <laughs> so that's my, wow. that's the first answer that I can think of, which was such an intense addiction. I wow. Had. That's wild. Um, yeah, for me, I, I Mario, Super Mario RPG was the game that I played like all night with my brother and my cousin. I just remember that summer we were just so into that game and we would just spend, because we didn't have school. So we would just, we were up all night long. We would just stay up until five in the morning just playing and like having fun. And I remember that last, 
that last run of the game, like fighting Culex was like such a thing because we just kept kept going back, you know, trying our best to to do it. And it took days for us to do it. And uh, finally, we we beat Culex and then we we rolled. I remember rolling credits on that game and seeing a little parade at like six in the morning or something wow. like that. I mean, we just wow. like played all night long, like all summer. We played that game like we were just couldn't get enough of it. Um, as a kid, as a as a teenager slash uh, early adult, like a teenager, it was LAN parties on New Year's Eve with my group of friends where I had to bring my little CRT television and we would hook up a million Xboxes and we would play Halo and Halo. T- we'd play like LAN Halo um, just and and uh, like Burnout. I remember we played Burnout, mm. um, which was very fun. And we would play pigskin football. We just have all these games set up and it was so much fun every New Year's Eve for like probably five years. That was a thing. And then as an adult, the last game I played all night long was uh, I, I was so compelled by Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, and wow. I, I got to a place where I was like, this must be the end game. And I I was like, I, I just am going to finish it. And then I would play an extra hour. And I like the story just hooked me so bad at the end that I was like, I have to finish this game. And so I finished it at like 7 a.m. And I wow. remember my husband wow. coming out, like getting ready for work. And he's like, are he's like, and I was like, I had tears rolling down my face. I was so like moved by the whole thing experience. <laughs> and he's like, are you okay? Right. Like, have you been up all night? And I was like, this game is just so, it's so beautiful. Like I was just crying wow. and like credits were rolling. Sun's coming up. Like it was just so like embarrassing, but also like, it just, I mean, it really got its hooks in me. Uh, once you get to like that final like once you get to like that sort of like final bit of the story in act three, where it's like you realize what everything is and why it is. It was just, man, I had I had to finish it. Like I couldn't I couldn't exist for another minute without knowing what the story, the rest of the story was. And that was like so exciting. That's amazing. Thanks, Dirk, for that for that first question there. This next one's from. Thanks, Dirk. From Mikey Wombat. And Mikey Wombat writes. What piece of game physical gaming hardware is is the most satisfying to interact with? Examples might be the click of a SNES power button or clicking the lid shut on the original PlayStation. Now that's interesting. Oh, uh, we're talking the physical the physical yeah. console, not the not the not like a controller or accessory. That's an interesting question. I am gonna say the eject button or the the lid button on a Nintendo GameCube mm. or something Ooh. that is very very satisfying how that pops up. Ooh, that's a good answer. Yeah, nice and tactile. Hmm. Hmm. I think for me, it would be pressing, like pushing down and hearing the springs on the cartridge of an NES console. Mm. Okay. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. and hoping mm-hmm, it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I really love the sound of a Game Boy game going in. Like you, I don't the the analog pocket doesn't fully simulate this because it doesn't go as far in as uh, the other ones do. But like the sort of the sliding plastic into the click is is really something i think that's a really good one there's also mm. a really good yeah confirming a really click. good hinge click on the final 3ds like the mm. the most polished most like the fi- like one. nintendo saying goodbye to the idea of a dedicated handheld and they put everything they could into the just the tactile hardware of the 3ds that when i open it up i'm like Man, this this feels like almost like an Apple product. Like it is so mm-hmm. like dense 
pristine and solid mm-hmm. and clicky it, and the the hinge click is so good it's uh that's a that's a nice feeling i miss buttons there what <laughs> are you, like, you there know, are I'm, buttons i know buttons <laughs> i know buttons silly but you know it's just like it's like i feel like everything now it's just like so clean it's just like a black cube you've got you know like i want like something like like sticks out or like something i could push in you know not like 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 a like a button with like a little bit more give not just like a gentle touch oh you mean like like my like on my ps5 like the, oh yeah you mean like a like a yeah not on the controller i mean on the, the, on, the on the hardware on the, 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 yes. the console yeah that's that is something we've lost sight of isn't it the the like a power like a mechanical aspect of like yes. an analog button it has springs right. in it gosh great question, yeah, question. Really, really great question um and and, and finally we'll, we'll leave it off with this this one's this one's from swearwolf and swearwolf writes if vr technology ever got good enough what is your dream app i'd like to pod race mm. wow that's like I mean great answer. If you cannot get if you cannot get motion sick pod racing, that would be very fun. I have my dream app. Re- it's in my head. It's ready to go. Here it is. A company should create a three dimensional three sixty camera that records in all directions at the same time, and they should put those cameras in locations all over the world so that you can work in live environments uh, that are not at your fucking desk. So if you want, like and they, they like on the Apple Vision Pro or on the MetaQuest, they have environments, but they are looped environments that are like the best day ever at Mount Hood or, or like the best, mm-hmm. most beautiful version of the sky. What I want is I pay for it because it would have to be a subscription service in order to maintain the cameras. But I would pay money to be at some fucking cafe in Paris while working here in the United States or pay like to be on a campground and know that it was like that day, that moment, that environment would be really fucking cool. I think that's a great answer. I think there should be like I think this should be like a like a thing that is like required by law where you should be able to like hat to sit in on a VR session of like Congress. Like you can just sit anywhere and just observe everything that's happening in the body like C-SPAN, but like you're inside Mm -hmm. C-SPAN. It would be like the boringest shit ever, but it'd be just like one of those little bits of good governance transparency where you could actually just like sort of like look around and see what someone's, you know, what papers someone's shuffling in their desk or investigate some sort of like off the floor conversation that's happening you could just kind of like take in absolutely everything that's happening uh i don't know i i I feel like that would be an interesting boring thing uh that no one would pay attention to but would be be extra exciting for you too because you already have a lay of the land from january 6th (laughs) 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 so you kind of already know where everything is you know that's the that's the desk I stood on when I dropped trowel. That's it. Uh, gosh, uh, Ashley, are you much of a VR user? I like VR. Um, yeah. I it's very it's there's a lot of escapism. Um, it's nice uh, in that way. Uh, it's weird because it's like. You know, there's the the idiot part of me is like, bring back PlayStation Home, like, which is just the dumbest possible answer (laughs) anybody could give. Um, But yeah, I I, like I think it's probably similar to something Heather. Like, I mean, I think for me, it's like it would have to be a thing that I just couldn't 
experience like myself in person. So it feels like for me, like the thing I would really want is like the those types of cameras, but in places like in the galaxy that I will never visit. Oh, sure. So it's like, that's for me, like I want to be able to, you know, like sit at a desk on Mars and like just hang out mm-hmm. like, like Dr. fucking Manhattan <laughs> like, <laughs> just by myself. There's nothing except my desk. And I'm like, I'm tired of these people, their lives. Like, I just like, that's, that's the existence I want to live sometimes in VR. I just want to be left alone. Um, but yeah, I th- feel like for me, it's the it's the it's a combination of like what Heather and Nick are saying. It's like um, I'll never be able to afford fifty yard line seats at the Super Bowl, right? So mm. like a virtual ticket that enables me to be there, like it live, would be very cool. Um, but yeah, I, like things like that where it's just like these sort of like li- once in a lifetime experiences. Um, that you can't necessarily afford to go to in person, um, it would be really amazing to give people the opportunity to experience that at least a little bit in virtual reality. I think that would be pretty right. pretty awesome. Because there are a lot of people who just like, I mean, I know that gets a little like Ready Player One where we're all living in our little junked up trailers, like going places and stuff. Like that's kind of depressing. But I also like, you know, there's some there's something to be said for that being an equalizer for different classes to like actually be able to, you know, experience something they may not get to otherwise, yeah. like being able to experience, you know, the the via, like Vienna Orchestra, like in per- like uh, most people never experience that in their lives because it's cost prohibitive and also because people have stuff going on, you know, and it's like that's really cool that VR gives people that opportunity. So for me it's that. Yeah, that I mean that's that that's like that would be the the that that that'd be like the ideal, but I feel like uh with our reality instead they'll find a way to like charge for those experiences yeah, to like yeah, make exactly. it like a premium upgrade Some actually. Insane, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Or you see it in person and they figured out a way to just put ads in your field of view. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. that's how they're that'll using that'll definitely be, VR now. <laughs> that'll definitely be a thing. I have seen I the one thing I thought was really interesting about using VR is I have seen that a lot of uh there are some gains in um therapy like for children especially who are victims of abuse oh, wow. where they uh to make them feel more comfortable things like virtual reality have been used to give uh them a view of like for example like a stuffed animal instead of a therapist or like a like uh, making them more comfortable in that space and being able to sort of like share their trauma a little bit easier um and so and also exposure therapy is like another thing i've seen people use virtual reality for so i think like the application of therapy is a really interesting avenue that hasn't been explored enough and i i think it could be a really rich well of um really helpful types of ways to use it so that's something that's like very fascinating yeah hey that's this week's get played uh our producer is rochelle chen yard underscore underscore sard our music is by ben prunty benpruntymusic.com and our art is by duck brigade design duckbrigade.com also check out our paywall show get animated where we are wrapping up pluto yeah so on uh, we're watching if you <laughs> if you like anime and also if you don't like anime uh you can check out our uh get animated sister podcast it's us three bozos uh, in a different uh, location, uh, conceptually, but probably the same location physically. <laughs> uh, we're watching the Netflix series Pluto, where this week we are covering the finale, episode eight of uh, the Netflix series. Uh, well, when this comes out, it'll be episode six that's coming God. out. 
Jesus, wasn't even wrapping up. I almost said it before we got there, but I was like, wrapping it up towards the back end of the arc. We're approaching the end of the season. Keep this in so you can understand a little behind the curtain of how these guys fuck me over week after week. (laughs) (laughs) I know Heather's radio has so much going on. We trick her with uh, (laughs) these (laughs) releases. Uh, We're watching Pluto episode six. Uh, this week, uh, and you can find that at uh, patreon.com slash get played. That's patreon.com slash get played. Wow. wow. Uh, Ashley Skato, what a great conversation. Thank you much so much for being here. Uh, the book is The Artist Psychonauts 2. People should uh, hopefully check it out if they're able to get their hands on it. Hopefully there'll be a second printing. Um, but, but congratulations uh, on the book. And uh, uh, if there's anything you'd like to plug, uh, please, please take the time to, to do so. I I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd plug the book, but it sold out. So I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I feel really damn. bad about that. God damn it. Um, Yeah, just uh, I don't know. I'm like a, I'm, a, I'm on the Internet. I like I'm not on Twitter as much anymore. I kind of like try. I'm trying to like extricate myself from that. So I'm on Instagram a bunch. So if you want to see some dank memes that elder millennials post um you probably have already seen them if you're on tiktok you can come to instagram awesome thanks so much for being here this was so fun please come back always yeah thank you ashley love it It it's good to have you and hey you you know what uh because you've been such an awesome guest i'm gonna say matt it was you who got played okay okay i'll that's fine um (laughs) it's tough to hear but it's fine and massaged (laughs) all right now i'm listening (laughs) (laughs) That was a HeadGum Podcast.